This is episode 238. Okay. And in case you forgot what you clicked on and uh, what you are... Oh, Jason, you disappeared. (laughs) Jason, did you uh, cover up your camera? No, it just did that, I think. Uh, Jason has disappeared on me. See what you can do about that, Jason. Okay. I saw you reach for something, and it looked like uh, that's when it disappeared. <laughs> okay. There you are. You're back. Now your camera's sideways, but that's cool. Will Britton saying, what's up, dudes? Will. You count on Will's Will Britton to be one of our viewers. <clears throat> one of our ten. It's just like he's locked in, you know? Locked in. It's nice to see that Will has the notifications set correctly. And when we go live, he, boom, he instantly knows. He's he's the ideal uh, follower fan. Yeah, uh, and he's got his own podcast. He's just it's, maybe he's just taking crib notes at this point. <laughs> yeah, the hobby hobbyplex uh, podcast. We gotta do something about Alex's hair, though. Why? What's Al- Well, at least he has hair. I guess I can't say anything about that. But uh, he's been getting really out of control with the hair. What's he doing? Just styling it all over the place? <clears throat> Dying on. it? I'm just trying to see if I can see the comments at the same time we're doing this. I suppose I could, just not as clean. <clears throat> yeah. And, see. And Will's got the notepad out, and he's ready to learn. Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. So, like I was saying, this is episode 238 of the Radio Impound Podcast. In case you forgot what you clicked on, what you downloaded onto your iPod Touch. Is that a thing anymore, the iPod Touch? I I was just going to ask you the same thing. (laughs) On your iPhones and your iPod Touch. Actually, um, I found my old iPod Touch. I think it was... Third generation, maybe. And I ordered a cord off of Amazon because I wanted to see what the hell was in there. Okay. Because, you know, years go by, you forget. So. I got my to-do pad here, so I'm going to make... I'll I'll make uh, some notes while we're going along, like Will. Oh, we got Corey. Corey Jordan. Yep. What's up, Corey? Left tire salute. Corey, uh, d- did you go to uh, PNB? I don't think he did because I didn't see no updates. Yeah, I think he might have did RCGP from what I remember. I want to say oh, he was okay. there. All right. And that- there was something else he was at. Um, maybe he went to the first race of the year, SIC. He might have went to that. That's kind of where I remember him from. Yeah. He has to get you those race reports, right? Team J Concepts. That's right. <clears throat> uh, uh, Pete Phillips. It's been Wilbur a while. Pen click. Been a while to hear from uh, Pete. Yep. And Pete's saying the same thing about us. It's been a while. <laughs> He's true. <laughs> Man, two months went by quick. Yeah. Uh, Corey Richardson is in the house. TLR. Yeah. Regional team guy. Oh, is he? Okay, what mm-hmm. region? 
I don't know. <laughs> it's in the the Midwest, I guess. Okay. Or what's a he'll, he'll have to clarify. Yeah. So uh, Midwest, and he handles all the uh, team drivers out there. Something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think. I don't know what regional managers do. I see a lot of people being becoming regional man. How do I become a regional manager? I guess you got to apply. I don't know. Where do you apply though? That's the thing. Like I never see anybody looking for a regional manager, and then I find out all these guys become regional managers. It's I like, think you're right about that. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, what? Well, you are right about that. I mean, I mean, how can I apply? I mean, geez, I should be the regional manager of uh, the Pennsylvania area. Is that such a thing, or is it like? Well, which team? Like, are, do you have? You got to pick a team. Oh. Wow. Team X-Ray, of course. Okay. So that could be, see if uh, somebody can hand you down that regional membership. Yeah, they, uh, they do. I don't know if they do regional managers. Uh, Kyle Chasen. I think Kyle Chasen's a regional manager also. Everybody eventually becomes a regional manager. That's the... It's like when I was... Uh, when I was on the doing the Nitro Challenge with uh, Tyler Hooks calling a race, I was like, "Man, we got a lot of regional team managers in here." <laughs> no, this that seems like the new thing, you know. Just uh, hey, regional managers. <clears throat> I hope they get pretty good payment for that. Uh, right. Corey's saying he does. Uh, he did not make PNB, but I did sick and RCGP. Things went well. That's what I. That's what I said. I was pretty on target there. Yeah. Corey Jordan runs the RC Lounge on YouTube. Yeah. I still need to make it on there with him. Haven't been able to quite get to that yet. I have another email um, from another guy in my inbox right now, too, about a, a show that he wants me to be on that I've met. Callie Crawler at the drag race in Vegas. He wants me to be on and talk uh, scale trucks uh, on Tuesdays, I think, is when they do their thing. So I'm trying to work all this in. Yeah. Um, sometimes I like to just chill to uh, watch Netflix and chill, I guess. Uh, hello. Uh, so, Kyle so- Chasen saying he's regional. And United States of America team manager. Damn. The whole United States, he covers all that. It's a pretty big territory. Yeah. That is a big territory, actually. Uh, Jason Santos. There he is. The man. The vintage man. Yep. He's probably wrenching right now on an RC-10. Yeah. He's like hacking away at this. I, I picture like you ever see Patrick when he's filing, like, huh? Filing like the file. uh, meme where Patrick Star from SpongeBob is. That's why I picture Jason like he's at the bench. He's got the saw in his hand. He's got a board. He's got a board nailed to his head, and he's like just. <laughs> I don't know why. Hammering away. Yeah, yeah, it's Jason. He's like I don't know what the hell I'm doing here, but I'm just sawing the hell out of this RC10 Classic. <laughs> We just released some RC10 Classic and the World's Car Turnbuckles. You did? Yep. Oh, wow. Sent, I should have sent that. Uh, you should have got that in the uh, Radio Impound email account, but maybe that's you haven't checked it 
I don't. I forgot the password. I can't log into the damn thing. Uh, I'll have to check it out. I don't know. I forgot the password. Got a new phone and everything's all messed up now. Way pretty, to be on it. It's pretty sad, isn't it? <laughs> Way to be on it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll make a point to uh, log into my old phone, check the email. Um. Then I'll reply like I used to do to you. Remember, I used to be like, "Oh, hey, I did." Nice. Yeah, you'd say, "What's this?" Yeah, uh. <laughs> what's this crap? <laughs> That's what it say. Uh. Send out a brand new tire release, like the ellipses. It's just like I get an email back. What's this crap? Yeah, what the f is this? Nice write up though. We got Jeff Storm. I want one of his two favorite people. Probably the only, one two, two. only two people that he, or the only two that he knows, probably. That he likes. No, oh, okay. And the fabulous one, one Barry Baker. There he is. I was telling Barry that he needed to get into drag racing. When I was <laughs> when I was at the drag when I was at the drag race, I just felt like he would be really good at that. And he's oh, like, I mean, what, 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 he, he's telling me that he wasn't he wouldn't be into it, but I was like, I I, I disagreed. I think he'd be really into it yeah i mean no yeah i guess i don't know he might be right i guess we should explain uh since since our last show which you said was in march yeah uh you know we've had several events we had a a desert classic we had the roar nationals for eight scale which happened early then we had a race uh, that we did in uh, early april we were in vegas actually late march early april we were in vegas for our our carpet ncts kickoff uh at 702 raceway and then we stayed extra time out there and attended the um king of the streets 2022 that's where i was talking to barry and most and then just recently we had pmb so um, it's been a busy year to say the least um, almost too busy uh, just trying to all the front loaded schedule with the Roar Nationals in there this year mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year and that happened real quick and yeah I mean I used to remember so many details about these events and <laughs> each and every detail and it's getting harder and harder oh boy with they're happening so quickly. Oh, I thought you meant be Alzheimer's or something. Well, I mean, it could be that too. <laughs> I don't know. What'd you say? Old timers. Yeah. But yeah, that was kind of the schedule. We went through a lot of big events that Roar Nationals at Adobe that went really well. Um, oh, we didn't mention there was a RCGP event in there in between that was in south carolina yeah so we've had a ton of events going on and you know we kind of set a record earlier this year at dnc with 900 something entries they had there that was in february and now they just kind of reset over at pmb they had over a thousand entries at pmb oh man so oh that's right yeah you were telling me very low volume for Gotti, except uh, I don't know. Like, uh, how is it for everybody else? It sounds good on my end. 
Jason had me turn it down in the beginning because he said it was too loud. Now Doyle's saying I'm very low. You can you, you can you can turn it up and I'll turn my my headset down. All right. All right, Doyle, you're the volume checker and let me know. If it's in uh it's still low. Well, it's not gonna be low on the recording, so listen to the audio version. But in the meantime, I'm gonna go in here and look at the settings. Um but Jason, you can hear me fine, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's showing fine on StreamYard. Hmm. But go ahead, Jason. You can just go ahead while I figure all this out. I can just keep going. Yeah, you can keep going. I just don't understand why I'm low. Yeah, Roar Nationals, Dakota. Oh, Jeff Storm's saying it's fine for him, so we're good. Well, we were, you know, we were talking about the entries of the races, first of all, I guess. Uh, thousand entries plus at PMB, which that's a record. I've never seen a race uh, that size before. Uh, and then the amount of people. Uh, there was 400 plus people uh, making up that over, you know, thousand entries which i thought was pretty good you know normally um you know you could you could yeah. get those numbers if 300 and something people ran three or four classes but you know it, it's not it's pretty good it's still over 400 individual people that's a lot at one race that race went on to like two in the morning yeah that's when the mains finished good god I'm not really a fan of that kind of schedule um it's oh yeah justin juber who went his main didn't go off till or no his buddy his buddy was racing in the yeah. i forget what class but it was one of the sportsman class i think mm-hmm. and they put them towards the end they had the pros run first or you know fairly early mm-hmm. and uh his buddy didn't go off till like 2 a.m or something i'm like wow crazy <clears throat> yeah i know um the next day, I woke up to texts from Mayfield with pictures of him pitting Adam Drake at like one in the morning. So, you know, like I went to sleep. I woke up the next day and I got these pictures from Ryan where he's like got his pit bag already. And he's <laughs> pitting Drake. And it's like I'm like, when did I get these? It's like one something in the morning. So pretty, pretty good. I mean, it is. That's that's what that race is. Yeah. Um, and some people like it. I should say some people love it. Some people like it. It's not my style. Um, but, you know, you know, like we ran our race in, in Vegas, which was just, you know, a few weeks before. And, of course, we're dealing with a completely different event, completely different entry count, everything. But, you know, they started at eight or nine and we were done by six. And that's that's kind of the schedule I could race in. Like it has to be kind of normal hours. Otherwise, I just kind of like I start to like to me, it just I don't feel like I'm racing anymore. I'm just kind of I just kind of start making fun of it, <laughs> making fun of it. Yeah, I'm just like, I'll just go out here and crash around like it just becomes like a joke to me. Right. 
so yeah, those are the hours to me that work that work well for me. But I was telling someone a story the other day. We were running Motorama one year, and and that's when the ten scale side was really big, and the eight scale they had Nitro over there. And I'm like, oh, three rounds of qualifying. I got I'm looking at the rounds. I'm like, you know what? I could get one more better run in in this last round. You know, was the, the, the situation was like, oh, I could be like, what? just say whatever number is. I could be seventh, but it, or if I got a really good run in, maybe I could be third overall qualifier, right? Something to that effect. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'll, you know, I'll stay late, get this other run in, try to qualify a little bit better. And it was really late when this qualifier happened and I ran horrible. And I just remember thinking, I waited here all this time and I'm not going to improve on my position. My plan was not good. I should have just left and stuck with where I was and had the better night's sleep for the next day. That would have been the better choice there. Or at least that thing. Uh, Corey Jordan saying PNB is an awesome race, but the lines of practice need to be fixed. So, yeah, that, that's a little bit of a complaint people have. There is a really long practice line, and we talk of course about there is twenty. Practice. <laughs> of course, it is. I believe practice is twenty four hours, unless I've changed it. I think that you can, you probably could set up for a time period that would be, le- you know, would be there less people there. But if you want to run the normal hours when everyone else wants to be there, that line went all the way around and up the stairs. Yeah, somebody posted a video and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So how do you fix it, though? You can't fix it. Just eliminate practice. That's it. <laughs> Well, I saw somebody really mention know. that. Just eliminate practice. Well, yeah, somebody mentioned just run another round of qualifying. Run around a qualifying. Well, that might not solve the uh, problem. Well, what you know, instead of doing that practice, you just start where everybody is is uh, signed up, what heats they're in, and you run through a round, so everybody gets practice in each one of their cars, and then you go into qualifying. I think that was kind of what was mentioned. Uh, okay. Which would work. Yeah, Jubert saying highly likely his uh, last P&B. Oh. There, there are other events to attend, and even race time entertainment races. Uh, AMS is always one that people really seem to like. And that was my favorite one when we started going. The track's been a lot bumpier in the last, you know, probably four or five years. But when we first started going there, I loved that place. I thought we even had a race there. You know, I liked that condition so much. We scheduled a race with uh, to have there. And um, this was probably 10 years ago, though. But uh, it's always been a pretty good location. The Mugen Challenge, I'm sure, is going to be a good one to go to. You know, that's there at LCRC. Uh, yeah, that should know, be coming up. But of course, you know their turnout's going to start cl- creeping up there. A couple of years ago, they had 400 there, so um, I wouldn't be surprised that they get, you know, into the 500 plus range. Really, what it comes down to is it's, you know, this is 
this is just kind of the ongoing conversation, but it's a balance between the race promoter taking as many entries as they can to make it profitable versus what's good for the racer. You know, uh, Corey, Corey's asking, how does uh, DNC do practice? They traditionally, they do two rounds of you get one whole round of uh, like a qualifying round. And then you get another round going through like a qualifying round. And those are your two practice. Uh, but uh, this year it rained, so they only got one. Everybody only got one practice run, and then they went into qualifying. So I think what it is is the reason they – the whole idea of PMB when they started was to have a 24 hour practice session. That's what they, you know, that's what the whole idea was when they started. They wanted to have this um, kind of, I mean, that's the name of it. It's a psycho event. And that is what they wanted. They wanted this 24 hour feel. Uh, so you could go practice. And once practice opens, you could go practice anytime. Um, and then racing is pretty much going on um, 24 hours a day. It is going on pretty much 24 hours a day. So that is the idea of the race. It's the most amount of racing you can get in in three or four complete days, however you want to look at it. And it's not for everybody. But <laughs> as Paul and I have been talking about, the race is only getting bigger. It's not getting smaller. Yeah. So uh, they're obviously doing something right for themselves or for the race. And But there are a lot of other events out there to, to, to run and to have a good experience. Um, you know, I, I think that from, from my standpoint, the, I like these races that are, you know, when we do – 200 entries or we do 350 entries um, somewhere in the middle of those is probably the right number for the most enjoyable weekend uh, but sometimes attending these things and i think the other thing is you can't just run one class that's the whole problem is once the race gets so large and you only run one class you're really you're really it's really kind of pointless you have to run more classes so you're a little busier throughout the time so you're a little more psycho <laughs> i mean that's really how it is yeah if you run one class you're just waiting to you're psycho for one and running one class yeah, yeah and you that's you what jubert did to, yeah that's just that's you gotta run three or four classes that's three or four going. yeah three or four man it's Good psycho. God. that's it's true psycho. psycho yeah yeah you run a 40 plus nitro buggy then you run like uh intermediate and then or sportsman and then pro and then <laughs> now you run those two then you pick a truggy uh you could run a truggy class and then like a e-buggy or e-truggy i mean there's so much sometimes you have enough time you could probably have a chassis for a vehicle and you could just switch the clips on and off and have a e uh, nitro truggy and an e-buggy Oh my god. Sounds like a lot of work though. A lot of equipment oh, but, too. But, but these guys don't they don't care about the work. I don't, think Jubert does. Know. Maybe. 
I could get an audio check by you guys too. I want to make sure it's okay. I'm still hearing good. Yeah. No, I'm, the guys in the chat really, you know, they're watching on Facebook and YouTube. So. How we doing now? We doing good? Yeah, no, you sound, you're fine. I just want to make sure my audio is fine. I mean, I turned it up. It's showing it's great, but uh, they're saying I was a little low earlier. So my apologies. Hmm. Hey, Ronnie Rifkin's checking in saying uh, you're a serious podcaster, Jason. He's he right. I am. You are. I like his, uh, his, uh, his Facebook profile picture. I think I shot that. Man, every, you, you shot someone else's. Oh, no. Is that the one you said you shot before, too? Ronnie's? I don't think so. Or someone else's you did, too, at at some wedding. I'm an amateur photographer. (laughs) Amateur's right. You take that with your uh, iPhone? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, so uh, practice. Well, all you can do is cap the entries then. Well, then there's that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there is no uh, cap on the entries for PMB. It's only limited to as many as you can get. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think they might have to cap that. It's awesome it's that you're getting all those entries. It's the ultimate well, situation. Or, or limit. Because, yeah. Because it's got the right name. So anything exactly. that happens. It's psycho. You can say it's psycho. Yeah. That's what you can tell your boss the next day when you have to, yeah. when you have to cancel going into work for Monday. Yeah, you should see if it works on that end as well, right? Like if you're a racer at the race and they say, hey, I'm here a little late. You know, they're, Hey, buddy, you signed up, man. It's a psycho. You go to work the next day. Hey, buddy, you're a little late. And you're just like, hey, yeah, psycho. What can I say? I mean, it's just, it just is what it is, dude. Right. <laughs> and then they say, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, Jeff Storm. I will get back to your question, Jeff. Jeff's got a question about staying in the lead and not getting nervous. We'll go back to that, though. Uh, Barry Baker saying uh, AMS was cool last year with limited entries and structured practice by heats. There you go. Barry's been to just about as many races as me, so he's got a pretty good – he's got a handle on the situation. Yeah, he's been to a few. But, I mean, that looks like that's what you got to do. And you know what? Unfortunately – the issue with that was that event wasn't as successful. That's the diff- That's the part that is really uh, tough because what they did in order to limit the entries, they charged more for per person for the entries, and they didn't get as many as they wanted. So from the organizer standpoint, mm. it was not a success. Right. And from the um, from the racers perspective, I heard a lot of guys liked it. They actually had too much track time. They were like, you know, I remember, I think Mayfield was just like, look, I'm tired of running. Like, <laughs> let's just start the mains, you know, like he's like, wow. he, they kept qualifying. It was like qualifying was based off of, uh, I, I think like a three lap kind of thing where your best three consecutive laps. And then they were doing that. Then they had a, um, then they had like semifinals and then they had mm-hmm. like, a. <laughs> then they had like a Good super God. pole. They had like a super pole. I forget. There was a right. many, many different things. And I remember he was just like, you know what? Track time definitely was not an issue at that one. He's like, we got more <laughs> than enough track time. So, you know what? Yeah, it's that bad. And what they're doing is they have events, you know, and this is something that we used to do with our super cup 
into our national series is we could test things on the super cup. Um, and then we could kind of bring them into the national series if we really liked the direction or the class or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of how we use that. And they have enough events where they can test things like that. And that's what they use that event for is it was a test. And, you know, and I'm sure if you asked a racer, they're going to say, Hey, which race did you like? They'll be like, Oh, AMS was great as a racer. But then if you ask the promoter or the organizer, they're going to say, Oh, that race sucked. (laughs) They're going to say, we liked PMB. That was our race. That was our favorite. Jesus Christ! Looks like there's no way around this. Two two separate. uh, It's uh, yeah. Two separate perspectives. So you know what? Screw it. Just goes for as many entries as you can. It's psycho. That's right, psycho. You convinced me. It's psycho. Just do what you got to do. And maybe that's the the number one thing. It's like, hey, if this isn't your thing, you choose a different race. Yeah, you don't like it, it leave. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to run it. Yeah, uh, but the, but maybe it's right in the word that that maybe they did the they came up with the ultimate name to describe it right and all things fall back to the name. Any complaint you have, hey, yeah, screw psycho. it. Yeah, it's it's psycho. psycho. You psycho. Um, any praise you have, you say, hey, you know what? Psycho. You yeah. Know, you, you like the psycho. Now I'm stuff. thinking about it. I want to see more entries next year. Just so. Yeah. 1,500. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Honestly, it's really tough um, to get any. They would have to add days uh, because they've already got the most cars they can get on the track. They got 18 cars on the track. Um, so it's an 18 car main, every main. So I don't think they can put any more cars on the track or drivers on the <clears> driver's stand. So. That's kind of maxed out. They've running as late as they can into some of these days. So the only way to have a bigger race, and they took a qualifier away, so they actually only had two qualifiers, not three. Um, so I think the only way to take more entries is to add another ba- day. But traditionally, when you add another day, you lose entries. So um, you know what? Let's take away a day and add more entries. Let's go totally psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, it gets to the point where you'd have one round of qualifying in the mains. That's what you could do. <laughs> if you had, if you had 1500 entries, you'd probably have one round of qualifying and you'd go right into the mains. <laughs> let's just do a lottery. For, let's skip qualifying and just do a lottery for the mains. Yeah. You are what you are. Like, you know, it's like Bayfield's in the D main, you know, he's like, yeah. Hey buddy, it's psycho bump up. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, Lance McDonald saying uh, many people didn't come because of limited practice. Uh, it's, yeah, it's hard to. It's really hard to figure what everybody wants. But you know, like I said, they got four or five events. They can experiment. They're all a little different, and that's kind of the flexibility that they have. I mean, Lance ran the races. He's the guy that really kind of bears the um, the ugliness, if you will. Like, he, he he has to take the complaints, and he has to actually stay up all those hours. So, um, and he handles it. Um, and everybody likes him. They like that he, he's direct. He handles it. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. He, he lets you have it. 
and um, yeah, everybody likes when he does the races. Um, uh, Lance also said one class is boring. It is. Uh, it's Justin psycho. You gotta Juber. go for three or four. Yeah. <laughs> psycho. See, but but Juber, maybe Juber's just too much of a rookie here. He hasn't figured out. You run a different class than your buddy, and then you pit each other. So, like, say he runs sportsman, you run intermediate, you pit each other, and then that's how you work your way around that. Hmm. Got to know, you got to have all the tricks, you know. That's how you. Um, which he knows, but I was just kind of. Yeah, but, we're busting on Jubert here. No, not busting on. Well, you're giving him suggestions. Then. You got to go in, and run three or four classes, you know. Yeah. So next year, uh, Jubert, go to PNB and run three or four classes. I expect that to happen. Um, uh, Justin Doyle saying perfect race for the Mayfield challenge build kit there and race it. Uh, yeah, that was my idea a couple of years ago on the podcast. Mayfield challenge. Well, no, it was, uh, the idea was I wanted to always do a race where you showed up and you had to build your stuff there, tune it and race it that weekend. So, like, when you got there, you know, you opened up your kit box and you started building. Oh, that would and, suck. Um, you build it, you, you, and you got to practice with it, you tune it, and then you race it right there. Can you imagine that me trying a, to do that? It would take me, like, days to build my kit. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you finished. Um, oh, so if you oh, finish in the amount of time. So it's sort of like those cooking shows where you got like 30 minutes to make something awesome. Well, so, you know, it, it, it essentially you would have, you know, at some point you had to practice. So you got to get it out there for right. practice. So, so it could be where, um, yeah, you got to finish and, uh, we could put a time limit on how, how long it takes you to build. Like you got this much time to build this kit and get out there and practice. <clears throat> say we'll say practice is on friday uh, and okay you show up one friday thursday thursday morning so thursday you have to show up to get your kit yeah that's when you start building right and then you and then you're on the track with it on friday Hmm. now i I guess it's no problem for these guys because they can do that yeah yeah i mean but if you get some of these things pretty quick but an eight scale though, man. Like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess these guys I mean, are fast at it. It would take course, me days. Uh, you know, of course, the first thing everyone's going to say is, "Well, can you finish it at the hotel and then take it out to the track no. the next day, or do you have to build it all at the track, or do you uh, can you have your pick guy help you build it?" Because then it's like, then it's like, say the first people I think they're going to finish in my mind, right off the top of my head, is Gord and Ty Tessman. They're going to be finished before everybody within an hour. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have that thing on the track in an hour, right? Yeah, and you'll be like, "Wait a second, the the paint's still wet on the body." Oh yeah, um, what do you do about that? You got to paint the body. Are you serious? Yeah, you got to paint the body. It's going to be a lot of one color paint jobs then. Yeah, it would be one color wonder. Uh, you know, at first, I think you practice. Unless guys like Mayfield, they probably bring their own painter. And you <laughs> Larry Genova's out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Larry, I'm going to be ready in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the 
liquid mask is still dry. dry. Wow. So you got to paint the body too. Well, I think that would be to practice. And then by the time you start qualifying, you could run your paint job just to make it. So it's not, but I I always thought it'd be kind of cool because my idea would be for nobody to help you would be if you're driving it, you have to build it there. You have to adjust it. And then you get out there and you drive it. I think that would be a really kind of a fun right. thing because um, you would see the the. I think you would you would see even more of the the people that are good at what they do. You would see more of the hobbyist um, and the person that builds a nice car that quickly and can tune it. I think it's a little bit to their advantage. And I think that would be kind of neat. You know, you'd have kids that if their dads do all the work for them, they wouldn't be as competitive because they, um, yeah, like Justin said, no dads allowed. So I think, you know, uh, that would be a a limitation. And so like a pro like uh, Fend, he wouldn't be able to have like Barry Baker build his kit. Barry can build it. He's got to stay away. not that those guys, those guys know how to do it anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't need what a Baker to do it. What a guy helps you do is at that level is they help you um, organize things so that um, you have more time to think about other parts of the event. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, you put me in a room. You know, and, and I have to build my kit within a certain amount of time. It'd be very interesting to see what I come out with. Yeah, I think one of the other aspects I had was, and this was something I think we did talk about another pod uh, on another podcast, but it was the race started at a certain time, and. Basically, you had to have the car out there at that time. So there was a time that was another aspect that could be incorporated if you want was, hey, this race that you're in starts at 11 a.m. And, you know, you got to be out there. First guy, you know, to get out there. Um, So there's a lot of things you could do with that, which I think would be fun. I think it'd be neat to show up and you'll – but – this, but this isn't about, you know, a lot of these events are about entries and numbers and, you know, it becomes a money thing and becomes a lot of different things. This would, you couldn't be able to do, it wouldn't be that type of thing. It would be a much different style of event. This would be more almost like a, it'd be like a combination between like a pro-am and, uh, you know, something else, but so. I, I just thought it would be a really neat idea because yeah, but you have to do it there. You well, maybe, there. maybe you covered this and I missed it, but uh, how, who's bringing the kits or who's providing the kits? Yeah, I think that was another item that we talked about where... Because obviously uh, somebody like Dakota's got to have a Losi kit. Mayfield's got to have Yokomo. Or yeah. Mugen. The, the the idea that we had at that point was if it was something you were actually offering as a class to <clears throat> say just say it was a, a sportsman driver 
then you would have an agreement with a certain manufacturer that everybody in that class would use that particular kit. So like, hmm. say for instance, you had a deal with say a TLR and right. they said, and you were like, they're the sponsor of this. Um, I forget what I called the, I forget what I called it, but I had a name for the whole class, but, um, essentially you had this deal with TLR where anybody that signed up got the act, you know, their entry fee was, you know, X, but all that came with was they got the ability to get all this equipment and then, um, at a, at a huge discount. Okay. So it was kind of part of the entry. So it's, it's multiple things. It's a race but you're also getting you're you're getting this equipment. So, uh, you know, it might be like kind of look like a big sticker price to get into it. But at the end of the weekend, you leave with, you know, a new car, the, you know, you know, you leave with all this stuff uh, that was part of the event. So, hmm. um, and like I said, it's not, this is something completely different because, you know, it's a completely different side to it. Uh, Brian Cross is saying on-road scene has already been doing this with the Tamiya Euro truck. Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's probably a good point. Um, I've never participated in it, but I, I remember, um, some drivers doing this a, a while ago with the, with the Euro truck. I can't remember if they had to build the whole thing or hmm. there might've been one I saw where something came pre-built too, but I, you know, and that's, you know, that's Euro truck and they were pretty cool, but I'm kind of seeing this as being a little nicer vehicle in general. I think the Euro truck is cool. I mean, I bought one and I we was thinking about making the body. Yeah. We were thinking about, uh, making some tires and wheels and a body at one time for that. But yeah, I'm seeing this like, you know, 10 scale off road. The ultimate would be to do it in eight scale and at certain, some level, but you can ease a little more easily do it in 10 scale. And, you know, I, I had a whole program written down somewhere that, um, was this format, but that's interesting. Okay. Jason Santos is a BY okay. Bring your own kit. Bring your own kit. Mark Pavitas is saying make everyone run Clodbusters. That yeah. would be a good idea. Okay. How about that? Uh, Jeff Storm saying I could build a kit in eight hours, so these races would not be for me. It would be fun, though. Wow. Eight hours seems quick to me, but... How long does it, uh, Jason, if you were to build an A-scale kit or one of your guys, I mean, how long does it normally take? I think it takes a full day. Wow, really? I, I, I think Mayfield can do one in a full day, yeah. Mayfield building, the, the, opening up an A-scale kit in one day? Yeah. I think wow, I thought it'd be can, within hours, not even. Yeah, I think it, I mean, not 24-hour day, but I think oh, like, like an eight-hour like eight day, I think he could be. So, could be out there. Wow. So Mayfield's not much better than Jeff Storm building a kit, you're saying? 
I don't know. I just pictured Mayfield just going at it and getting it done in two hours. Guess yeah, not. I mean, wow, man. Can you imagine how long yeah. it would take me to build an eight scaler? It'd be a while. Should I do one? Should I build an eight scale? I'll do a, uh, what do they call that time lapse thing? Yeah. Or maybe I shouldn't an even do a time lapse. video. There's God. not enough of those out there. Let's do another unboxing. I need video. an X ray, um, X ray eight scale. I think I'll wait for the 2023, though, version. We need more unboxing videos. That's what we need. There's not a lot of people doing them on. Uh, to build a diff. I've never seen. That's like the biggest thing is to build a diff. I thought I'd watch Adam Drake there's build a diff. 2600. Yeah, there's 2600 videos on how to build a diff, I think. Oh, there is. I'm, I'm just joking that there's a lot. Oh, I, I didn't know there was. I thought you were saying there wasn't enough of them. No, so I was like, lot. oh, well, I thought I'd watch one with Adam Drake building a diff or somebody. Oh, did. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's pretty good. You know, watching Drake build one, you know, he's doing it right. Uh, what was mm-hmm. I watching? I was watching some of Mayfield's videos too. He's got a diff video. Oh, maybe it was Mayfield I was watching then. <laughs> Just recently, because remember I said, hey, I didn't know Mayfield had a... A diff? Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know why I never... Did I just stumble on his YouTube channel or something? Because I was in the chat. We were in the chat, and I'm like, hey, Jason, what up? I didn't know Mayfield had a YouTube channel. so fast. No wonder he's so fast. He's got a YouTube yeah. channel, and he can build a diff. Yeah. I, I like this video though, especially when he's touring his, um, you know, his air, his workspace and stuff like that. Yeah, people seem to like the. Uh, Jackson Anderson saying uh, Spencer has a diff build video for eight scale. See, I told you, it's like the most popular thing. Well, it's probably one of the most crucial things along tuning the nitro engine. The shocks. How to build shocks and how to build a diff. Oh, that's what I watched. The uh, Mayfield and his uh, new, um, the engine. The Mayfield engine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was a good video. He did an unboxing. He did a good job with it. Not yeah, much to say that either. He did. Gotta have unboxing videos. And that thing's tuned by Adam Drake already when you take it out. Uh, broken in. Broken in. Oh, well, broken in, yeah, because uh, you gotta tune yeah. it to your weather conditions and track conditions, I guess. I don't know. Is that what you guys used to say at Trinity? Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know, man. I love Nitro. Just scared to death to even. I mean, if I build one, obviously I'm not going to. Maybe I'll race it once, but I don't know how to tune in. We have to build it in a day. I would never get it done. I guarantee you. If it takes Mayfield close to a day, it would take me. I, I can't even tell you. I mean, I guess a week, a solid you know week, eight hours a day. Like, I would be okay, like getting the car where it didn't have shocks on it. It was just like a, um, yeah, you know, all the suspension was on, and then I'd get to the point where I got to build the shocks, and then put in the electrical. Like, say this is a two wheel, and I'm yeah. just be like, oh man, I can't do electrical. Do and I, I see like, these guys. Yeah, I guess these guys now they offer this service where you can um, get the wires pre-shortened already and stuff, and then just like that—that yeah, that, Wally builds. Yeah, like that would be awesome. Like I would definitely buy into that service. And just have a line of cars to wire up. Because I would never be able to do the when I build my eight scale, I wouldn't be able to do the 
uh, well, obviously the nitro tuning of the engine. There's no way I'd be out the. I would need to go to the race and have one of you guys help me. OTL. You know, you know tune the engine, but uh, it seems like it'd be a little bit easier to do and they work on an eight scale because the parts are bigger. As you get older, I think the uh, ten scale parts are a little too small. <laughs> too dainty. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would love to try. I often, a lot of times, I'm looking at the X-ray site and I'm like, man, I want to order this car. This car is like, well, what am I going to do with it? Really, I don't have all the equipment to build the kit. I'm sure the tools they give you, you can't even really use, right? I don't know that anybody gives tools anymore in the kit. Yeah, maybe because like it's pointless. Real basic, maybe like a shock, like a shock tool, or that's like multi-purpose for like a turn. But I, I don't even know, like. Yeah. Things are a lot different today than they used to be because they they felt obligated in the old days to put tools and building items in there because it was like a hobby and that they were assuming you were starting from from the beginning. But I think in today's day, if you're buying a kit, they're, assuming, they're almost assuming the opposite that you have experience yeah. and that you're building you're building this without experience and you have everything. Um, so it's kind of flip-flopped from the way it used to be, you know, like say in the eighties when they made the RC 10, it was like, they were probably concerned about a lot of those things. Oh, how are they going to need Allen wrenches? And they need, you know, you gotta have a charger and they're trying to like incorporate a lot of these things into it. And now it's like, Oh, they'll have that. Oh, they'll have that. Oh, so you just um, assume. Yeah. I never thought I of it. More so streamlined the, so they're assuming you know, you have some experience or at least you may have some access to tools or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, I get in the mood, especially when I'm watching Nitro. I'm like, man, I want to build a kit and just, uh, you know, have it here in studio. Where, where am I going to race? I mean, I guess LCRC. But, yeah. Um, Be out there with Jubert. Yeah, I would go out there just to try and beat Jubert. And if I did, you know, he wants to retire. retire. Just give up racing. If I be you, you would retire. No, I would retire, obviously, but Jubert would have to quit racing too, because there's no way. I mean, he would be. It would be like a WWE, uh, it'd be like a wrestling thing, or like a retirement match. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I guarantee you, right now, if I got a kit, eight scale kit, build the kit, uh, and go to LCRC and meet up. You know, in the same race with Jubert. Well, I don't have to be in the same race. I would out qualify him, be in a higher main, and uh, that would take care of it right there. Mugen challenge. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Mugen challenge. <clears throat> well, not that um, soon. Jesus, that's right around the corner. Maybe Mugen challenge next next year. Because I want to wait wait for the uh, 2023 model of the X ray. We <laughs> We would be like. <laughs> This is my problem. Got it. You started on that kit yet? I know. And they'll be out the 2024. Because yeah, they'll have, a, they'll have a new model every six month cycle, right? Or close if you're to. If you wait on the 2024, you might as well wait on the 2025. And that, and for you people in the in the chat, that is a main. Jason knows this. That's a main problem with me. Like when I want to buy something, I'm always thinking, well, what if I wait? You know, for the next version wait for the new model yeah and then i wait for the new model and it starts coming and then i'm like well i might as well wait for the next one i end up not buying anything <laughs> see i could do the consoles like playstation because it's an every seven year cycle damn 
So you know if you buy one, you're not going to be outdated within six months. Where RC, it's like it seems like I buy a kit, and within a year, you know, I'm going to want the new one, right? Yeah. Got to be cool at the track. You can't show up with the older version. I think that's... Got out there with a, with a B5. But that's a big problem I have. Like, I look at these kits, and I'm like, wow, I'll wait for the next one. Because obviously they'll upgrade it, make it better, and then I'll wait for the next one. Anyway, at that point, you might as well wait for the 2020. That's why I never, yeah, right. Jason, uh, Mark Pavita says, Jason remembers going to Japan, 10 scale worlds, and Yokomo handing us a kit in a bag where most of the parts didn't fit. Yeah. That used to be a big a big thing for Yokomo is we would show up at these worlds. Mark said pasties though. <laughs> anyway, God. <laughs> oh. So you had to, so you had to uh, build a kit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a situation where we actually had to build a kit at the race and then run it. So maybe we have done this already, uh, as Mark is suggesting. Was it like a um, Ziploc bag of full parts? No, it would be just a poly bag uh, with no Ziploc with staples in it. And it was like, here's your car. Car in a bag. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. And you know what? At the time, in from my perspective, it was like almost a little exciting because you're like, oh, I just got a new car. You know, no one's got these cars yet. And I get to build it and race it at this race. But from like a, in almost like a, a Mark standpoint, he was like in a, in a position where he could win, or in this case actually did win the race. Um, it probably is a little more annoying, which it was annoying either way, because you're thinking I got to go to the worlds, fly somewhere. And then I have to start building my kit when I'm there. But uh, there was an excitement factor. We didn't plan to do anything. Uh, back then, they had a day in between two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive where you'd build your car. <sighs> I can't imagine how the guys would complain today about the situation. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's that's how we did it. And Yokomo was probably the <laughs> – they were the industry leader of uh, dropping the new car on <clears throat> before the race started. And I mean, Mark Grant, uh, he probably did it more times than that one i think in 97 we got a car before the worlds from yokomo that we had to build uh, pretty quickly before the event and i remember that being a disaster i've talked about that a few times um that whole car was a disaster but hmm. the one we had in 95 that was actually the my favorite yokomo car that they've ever had that was a great car it was very easy to use wasn't it didn't break it was a great car um jeff storm saying nitro is awesome but can't get tuned worth a crap so gave up on it as soon as i started sounds like what i would do electric for the w what i see at the nitro races now is I think a lot more people have a good handle on how to get their stuff working well and and they're doing a better job than they ever have. The 
the average racer, I think, is 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 uh, looking better and doing better in nitro than they ever have. Uh, Jackson Anderson saying, would rebuilding an eight scale be faster than building a new kit? Uh, a new kit, eight scale granite that you're cleaning the used car and reassembling. I think it depends how far down you're tearing, how far are you tearing down the other car? I mean, are you taking the shocks completely apart to where, you know, the rod ends are off the shafts? And I mean, I'm sure you could rebuild a car faster than building a new kit but if you took your used car as far apart as a new car then you know then cleaning it and putting it back together would probably be more work than building a new car i think when people rebuild they don't you know there's certain things they don't do um that you would normally do when you build a brand new kit so in general i think the rebuild's quicker but depends how far you're taking it down. If you take it down all the way to the way it started, it's probably more work. Well, it is more work because you had to disassemble it, <laughs> then reassemble it. Um, all right, Mark Pavitas is heading out. He said, uh, terrible show. Oh, no, he said, good show, guys. Got to <laughs> run. Okay. All right. See you, Mark. Yeah, see you, Mark. Thanks for dropping by. Oh, and if you'd like to join uh, join into the uh, show, you can do that by clicking the link. There's a link in the description on Facebook. You can uh, be thrown backstage if you want to be on, and uh, when we can get to you, I'll throw you up on the... Uh... Scotty has some interview questions he does backstage. <laughs> in the green room there, yeah. Yeah, in the green room. Yeah, you can go in the green room, and uh, we'll see if you're worthy of... Uh... Snacks. What kind of snacks we got back there? Yeah. Uh, the Oreos. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you can, uh, if you want to, you can join in, go into the green room, grab some Oreos, um, dip them in your favorite seltzer. You dip Oreos in seltzer? Uh, sure, why not? You, do you do uh, that? Sure. Oh, Unflavored man. seltzer gives a little... Then you bite into the Oreo and you get the little bubbles as you're eating the uh, Oreo. You ought to try it, Jason. This is new for me. You ought to try it. I'm not a big dipper. Like you dip. Like in in general, like I, I'm not like a cookie dipper or like you know, like a French fry dipper. Oh really? You don't uh, yeah. you don't French fries in the uh, in the mayonnaise? No. In the ice cream? No. Yeah. Oh. French fry, McDonald's fries dipped into their ice cream. The best. The best. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Brian Cross wants to know that uh, you're talking about the 95. What uh, was the 1995 uh, the Super Dogfighter? To be honest, I don't remember what they called it. I mean, their names were so hard to follow. The one they actually the the you know, Mark won the race and they actually made a, a version, um, with his name on it. I think there was a, I think there was a Pavitas edition Yokomo five model. There yeah. was. Yeah. And I wish, I wish more uh, companies would do the, um, 
additions, like the Mayfield, which they did, Yokomo. But uh, TOR, how about doing a Dakota edition? I like that. I like that instead of all these different numbers and. You don't want an elite. No, I don't want an elite. Elite. You want give you a fend. You're like, let me delete the elite. Delete, the delete uh, the elite. Try and say that. Delete the delete elite. the elite and, and give me a fend edition. Give me a Dakota fend edition kit. Right down the line, the eight scale, four wheel drive, two wheel drive. Just make it Dakota. He's the hottest driver. You know, right now, along with Mayfield, give all those guys their own kits. Mayfield edition, Dakota edition. Uh, Associated could do the Rifkin. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that than all these numbers. Because when Associated recently announced the, um, was it Associated? Well, I guess TLR did too, the Elite, like you said. And then uh, Associated released a point four. Point four. Yeah, can we just... Call these like you know, Rifkin editions or Rona edition. How about a Jason Rona edition with all the J J concept parts in it? Hey, I I wouldn't necessarily disagree. That would be that would be epic. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Kirby Hand Oval edition had all of Kirby Hand's uh whatever he used. That's what he had the purple flaked graphite. All the tricked out uh, detailing on that was uh, personally designed by Kirby Ann. 12 scale yeah, oval I mean, edition. What was really cool is I think they set a record selling those. They sold, what, 35 or 36 of them? Now, come on. We sold a lot of those things. They actually had to order more of them. Wow. 12 scale oval at that time was huge. And Kirby, and there was nobody bigger than Kirby Ann. An oval, ten scale and twelve. Actually, we should have had a ten scale version named after him. I never understood that. Yeah, I'm being honest with you. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, dude, Jeff Storm hit it. Got any flaming hot Cheetos backstage? I do because that's one of my favorite snacks. Really? Oh, I love flaming hot Cheetos. They have the Ooh. puff version, Jeff. I don't know if you tried the puff version. Yeah, the crunchy uh, flaming hot Cheetos, but then they have they have the puff version, which I can't really. I can find it at my local Sheets, Jason. You know what a Sheets is. Yeah, I like Sheets. So the Sheets down the road for me has it, but the Sheets anywhere else around here does not have them. So I have to go down there, and then they're so good, they're always out of them. If you find a bag or a few, you got to buy them all up. You know, it's like um, they're really good. They're one of my favorite. Uh, Jackson Anderson's dipping fries and ranch. See this? Uh, he's also doing Wendy's fries and Frosties is the best. Okay, he's taking the Wendy's fries and dipping it in Frosties. Okay. Um. So we get back here. Uh, Trevor Adam was saying YZ10. Um. You know what that's about, Jason? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the original name of the of the Yokomo four wheel YZ10. Oh, but that you weren't uh, building that one. <laughs> Well, no, we we had YZ tens. They were all called YZ ten something. Oh. Um, so, like, even that Pavitas edition was like YZ ten, you know, whatever Pavitas yeah. edition. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. Actually, we have somebody backstage. Michael Han. On. I'm saying that wrong. Oh, he's got Kirby Hand on my mind. <laughs> we could add him to the stream, right, Jason? Yeah. Uh, let's see how this works here. See if it works. Michael, there he is. 
How's it going? Michael Hahn, right? Yes. I got that correct. See that? Yeah, you got that right. I got it wrong the first time, though. I said hand. I was thinking of Kirby Hand, and then I said Michael Hand. <laughs> right. no, it's Han. Han. There you go. And I, I saw Michael at the uh, the drag race. How you guys doing? I saw Michael. Yeah. I saw him at the drag race in Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, How are you it was all good doing? seeing you. You had, your, uh, had some of your nice cars out there. Yes. The, we brought the two Falcons out there, yeah, that we race here locally. <clears throat> yep. So um, I believe you're what you're a mechanical engineer. Um, I'm a well. I'm mainly a packaging engineer. Okay. So we 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 do we do like custom case inserts uh, to get stuff from point A to point B safely, and it's all custom done. So uh, that's primarily what I do. Yeah. You know, I actually had this discussion point A to point B thing with a buddy today. They said everybody says point A to point B, like, oh, this car will get you to point A to point B, but nobody ever says if it gets you to point B to point A. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that funny, Jason? Never hear that. Or I guess you could say B to C, right? Um, right. you know, you know, say A is your house, B is the <laughs> convenience store. <laughs> I'm sure Michael's right on page here. They're thinking yep. A is your house. Yeah. You know, B is the convenience store. C, right. you know, or whatever is the next place. So really there's A to B, then there's B to C. Um, yeah. Nobody ever says that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway, yeah. just, that's the things I bought. I actually thought about that. And then I was talking to a friend today about it. I thought about that at like 2.30 in the morning in bed. And I'm just like, it's just stupid stuff that drives me crazy. I'm just weird. I, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. you know, right. you're like, what am I thinking about this for? It's 2.30 in the morning. Who cares? <laughs> then I'm texting Jason, asking him what he thinks, too, at 2.30 in the morning. Like, what, are you, what are you doing awake? Yeah. Well, you were awake the other morning at 3. Yeah. Anyway, go I ahead. Should, I shouldn't have been. <laughs> I noticed in drag racing, that's a popular thing, too. Well, I, I got it set up. I'm just, I just want to go A to B. Right. Right. That's a big thing. Well, that's all you want to do in drag. Because in drag A. racing, most people can't race. <laughs> right. It's just A to B, and that's it. That's it. Don't worry about C or B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're going to yeah. C, you're in trouble. Right. If you're doing an S turn. You're probably hitting a fence or a curb or something else. Right. And if you just stick at A, that right. means you didn't uh, move at all. If you're at A. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, no, I get that. No, I get that. Yeah. So, Jason, what did you think of the King of the Hills race? King of the Streets, I should say. Race. I really liked it. I, I had a great time out there. I thought there was, I thought there was more people uh, there in helping, watching, spectating than I really kind of thought there would be. Um, uh -huh. Of all the races of all the races I've been to where they try the vendor setups, tent setups, uh, the drag race is nice for that because you can be right along the actual track itself. Right. Um, and you can actually watch the races from your pits, uh, in a vendor row situation, which is really pretty neat about drag racing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it made me want to like participate. It made me want to kind of be involved um, mm -hmm. the race yeah. itself 
I thought the organizer uh, did a good job. I thought the guy that um, Coy, I believe, that's calling the races. Uh, I think uh, I thought he did a good job too. I mean, that's not an easy thing to sit there, <laughs> whatever it is, eight eight plus hours a day, and you know, line them up. Oh yeah, watch the light. Watch the light. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's not a it's not a difficult or not an easy thing to do so yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun i'm kind of looking forward to maybe uh you know going to a couple other this year depending on mm-hmm. when they are and what else we have going on but uh, yeah. i thought it was fun you know i think it, it's kind of still drag racing is a little i'm not going to say in its infancy but they mm-hmm. haven't gone through a lot of different things yet to the point where there's um, other classes out there and that type of thing where, you know, like the cars that you build to me are kind of how I really wish it looked versus Mm -hmm. how the cars uh, are that they actually look like out there. Um, I, I kind of feel like uh, we kind of skipped, we kind of skipped over some of the fun side of it and we went straight to high performance um, yeah. which you know that it's racing that happens but i still wish there was some preservation for on a high level of the classes where the real detailed and nice look of uh licensed real cars um mm. were part of the event because i think i think not having that is a little bit of a disservice to why people got into it in the first place. Uh, I, I think you nailed a nail on the head there uh, on the money, actually. It's the whole reason we got into uh, this local group here in Colorado, got into drag racing in the first place, because it was like, um, you know, it em- emulated more of the real one-to-one scale cars when it first came out, when we first started doing it. Mm-hmm. But, Uh, I mean, I totally agree with any kind of hobby. And I've seen this in not just RC racing, but in slot car racing or or anything that I've done in the past is you have that natural urge to take it to the next level and the next and the next and the next. And unfortunately, down the line, some of the realism, as you just said, gets put on the back shelf in favor of all out performance you know so i kept telling some of the guys here locally it's like watch pretty soon you're going to see cars turning into door wedge shapes and uh it's going to resemble nothing but a real uh, than you know what you would see on a real one-to-one drag strip and it is slowly getting there i mean i admire the um uh advancements it made in such a short period of time you know because back when we first started you were flying if you were doing like two seven, two eights. Now it's like a full second quicker, which is an yeah. eternity in 132 feet. Uh, so you you got to respect that. And uh, and I guess there you know there's people that that are like that. You know they they take the sport to the next level. But then, as you said, guys like me or people with your same thought mindset uh you know you wish you go okay but i like the realism aspect of it you know so i want a happy blend between the two where there is uh people going no it's all out performance you know um i don't get it 
you know, uh, but like I said, in the same sense, I wish, you know, as you said, there'd be a, another class that would, you know, put more emphasis on realism and still enjoy the racing aspect in the competitiveness of it. Yeah, I would like to see something happen there so we can maintain those kinds of classes. And, right. and I think I think it would benefit the whole thing in general if that existed. And, you know, the, the, the look of the, of the way you have your car is really the look, I think, that um, people are attracted to that. And, and it's not what happens is what I've noticed in this is when people get they get into it because they like the um, that it reminds them of something that right. that they had or they've seen. That's why they get into it. And then when you start to people get rewired into the just the speed side and they they keep going further away from what it looked like when they started. And but for their standpoint, they don't care about what it looks like anymore. All they care about is how fast it is and if they're winning. And right. which is, you know, obviously I've, I've done uh, that forever, <laughs> but <laughs> the, right. but I think ultimately to get people to keep coming in at the rate that um, that's healthy I think it has to resemble something and, you know, the way you have your car with the, the body and the engine accessories. And, and I think you could still make those cars, especially with, you know, the tires that we have today and things you could make those cars run well uh-huh. and look and look um, and look good out there at the same time, I think would be a really cool addition. And the, the pictures of those style cars on the line with nice paint jobs and nice features, yeah. I think would do more for the business and the hobby than these one color paint jobs that right. have no detail or no accessories because it's just all about um, the quick build, right? It's the hot new body. I'm going to throw a one color silver, black, or white paint job on it, get right. out there, and just try to be as fast mm-hmm. as I can. It, mm-hmm. it's, to me, it's great if you're racing. Uh, but from an appearance standpoint, you're, it's not much to look at um, yeah. in the pic- in the pictures. You know, like to me, I want to see, um, you know, the, the, the winner holding up this very cool looking realistic car. I think that would e- even be a, a better um, opportunity for the industry. But yeah. No, I, I, in fact, some of the people or many of the people, I should say, that I make those parts for, um, they want to exactly, as you just mentioned, emulate something that they've raced in when they were younger uh, or they want to recreate a car that they've always liked and and whatnot. But I have many people asking me, you know, like, what, so you put that thing on, you build it and you put it on a shelf and. But here locally, I have to explain to them. I was like, "No, we actually race these. You know, we yeah. they're in a they're in a much slower class. What is going to be this season a two point eight index, which is still reasonably quick, but not, of course, not near as quick as the fast, fast, fast people that are running outlaw. But your chances of putting it on its lid are far, far less." 
you know, than you, if you were to run this type of car in an outlaw class, you know. So, and that's why I would never put that effort and detail into a car like the ones that I build to run in an outlaw because it would make zero sense because you'd be picking a, you know, mop, I mean, a, a dustpan and a broom at the end of the track. On any Where's my car. engine? Exactly right, right. So you know that, and and then when people understand that, they go, "Wait a minute, there's other things that you race." And then they go, "Yeah, we have, you know, we have a slower class that still. In fact, I'm I can argue with anybody that in our slower classes, like the index class, we have more by the bumper races than you do in outlaw classes, and the guys here." When we thought, okay, it's going to be kind of tough to thread that needle. There are some guys here that have got it down to literally threading a needle to get right at that two point. Well, last season it was 2.9. But, I mean, the races, the close races we've had, you know, if you were to take an audible uh, uh, microphone and and pay attention to the crowds cheering at the time we race those because the races are so close. It's much much higher than any of the outlaw cars, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, it you know I enjoy close racing. I enjoy the realistic racing, and we're going to continue to promote that here in Colorado. I don't know about anybody else uh, anywhere else, but it's really really worked well really here. And it's gotten a lot of new people to the table, you know, or, or to the to the racing, as you said, because it looks so real, but yet they're still fun to race. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I think that's the advantage of it, and I I hope to see um, that. Hopefully, that we can see that mm-hmm. there'll be more of that out there, and continue yeah. because I think there is, that will be the lifeblood of that of that segment. Because to me, when I see the cars going further, getting so far. All I think about is, you know, sometimes I say to people, I'm like, look, we've been RC drag racing since the 80s. I mean, this has been around for a long time. And Mm -hmm. we have cars that are all carbon, all aluminum, and they are direct drive um, with foam tires. We have these cars already. And Mm -hmm. what we're really doing is we're taking this other class and we're moving it closer and closer to being one of those. And exactly. I'm like, I'm like, right. we already have one of those classes. You know, we, we could, if you want to run that, we can already do that. It's like, it already exists. So, um, th- there is a little, you know, bit of preservation. I think we have to do with, with some of those. And, um, and I, I agree. I think there's a place for, for sure for that outlaw. I, you know, it's fun. It's fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining, but I think I, I like to see some more, of the other realism stick around for us and hopefully mm-hmm. continue to bring those new people in. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, outlaw is great. I, and like I said, given its current path, I wouldn't change a thing about it. I, I, there is no doubt an endless, how can I put it? Supply of competition. If you're not doing it locally, you, there's always a race somewhere anywhere in the u.s uh given the summertime so for you to challenge yourself is never going to be any kind of um how can i put it uh go stale you know but uh yeah. but i agree um 
um, from a more realistic standpoint, I hope it starts to become, um, you know, like I said, uh, uh, move more instead of being in the background all the time, being on par with the outlaw, just as popular down the road, I hope. So, yeah. 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 Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Do, what do, uh, in regards to JC concepts, do you, are you, uh, as compared to off-road, what do you think percentage wise, uh, do you guys focus on? Is it like 50, 50 or is it 80, 20? Oh, we can't give out numbers on the shows, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I don't have a really good idea, um, what the num the number is because I don't have it. Like, I mean, it's just a guess, but I would say that, well, over the course of of the years, you know, you can say that, you know, 100% of it was on off-road racing. Mm-hmm. And then as time has gone by, you know, we might be more like, you know, 70-30 or, or 75-25. But um, <clears throat> it's, it's really, it's difficult to be... Um, have the absolute best thing for every single segment out there. I know that for sure. Um, so what we try to keep in mind is that we want to be involved with all these segments that are doing well and are popular because I like all of RC, you know, I, to me, like people always ask, well, you know, like, Oh, do you, would you rather go to a real race or an RC race? And I'm like, I, to me, I'm an RC guy. Like I would rather go to an RC race than a real race because I've always grown up as an RC racer. So to me, it's as good or better to me than a real race, which, you know, everyone is going to be different, but to me, I like all of RC and RC racing. So we try to have prod- product across the board for these different segments because i think it's healthy for us to do that um it it keeps it fresh and we meet new people all the time and all these groups um there are you know for instance like we're at the drag race and i'm meeting people that are scale crawler guys and and then i'll be at a scale crawling event and i'm bumping into monster truck guys or I'm, or I'm at a monster truck race for RC monster trucks, and it's off-road racers. Mm-hmm. That has, so they're all kind of, and, and then there's new ones, you know, and then there's people that only do those segments. So I think it's important to be a little diverse, but I still think that our main thing is doing the off-road racing because that's where we have the the lion's share of our top drivers. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's in our best interest to still be the most committed there because that's where our best chances of winning and probably selling the most product continually. And it has shown that, you know, 10 scale off-road racing, you know, whenever they consider it started or the, you know, say it was when the RC 10 won the worlds in 84, 85 till now it's, it's still going strong. So I think it's, it's withstood the test of time. So that's good for the the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, and, you know, and then we try to ride some of these waves of success of other things and hope it's a long-term thing. 
you know, short course, we, we, we ran that wave for maybe, you know, pretty hard for five or six years. And it's still an, an item that's in the market, but it kind of, it's not really highly raced as much anymore, but, right. but it was for five or six years. It was like uh, drag racing is right now. It was everything. Um, and if, if you could put short course name on it, it was a top seller. Um, and a little bit, that's where drag racing at least was at a, a year ago. You know, now it might not be quite as crispy as it was a year ago, uh-huh. but, right. uh, but there was a time you put drag racing on it and it was, it was a high selling item. Right. Yeah. No, I remember when short course was like the RSC thing to be in. In fact, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I got into off-roading again because I used to race two-wheel drive buggies back in the early 90s and 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 such. Uh, but when I saw the short course truck, uh, I mean, I had to have it because, again, it it was more of a realistic-looking truck, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, rather than the stadium trucks and stuff. So, I mean, that's why I got back into off-road racing uh, or getting off-road RC, I should say, as well. But because of that realism aspect, you know, and I'm, I hope this um, uh, outlaw thing continues to thrive and and get new people in. But, um, you know, some people have approached me, though, that is saying, you know, it's getting expensive, you know. Oh, yeah. not as, it's not as cheap <laughs> as it used to be when we first got into it, you know. So, no. um, you know, before you could... Uh, in fact, I joke uh, with a friend of mine, Philip here, um, that remember the days we used to go to a parking lot, we'd charge up a couple of packs and we would run all evening with uh, drag racing and not, not anymore. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. And I think that it, it can be debated which side of it's more fun, right? And right. I yeah. think that um, that will eventually hurt it. Uh, that that pricing you're talking about the the ever changing um, item of the month that's the hot item of the month to have and it's not even right. necessarily the cost sometimes it's just kind of the it gets you down if you don't have whatever's the latest um, you know right. the Gotti Junior effect of we were just talking about where you know what's the point of getting the 2024 model if I if I know the 2025 is right around the corner you know and then. <laughs> You get you get discouraged and you're right. like, well, you know, I'll wait for the 2025, and then it's like, by then you're on to something else. So, uh, and the other thing that I see, uh, I've noticed that's somewhat could harm it, you know, with the advent of the GNSS module where you can, you know, tells you the speed, the the elapsed time and stuff you see that being posted all over drag racing forums. Here's my new best time, blah, blah, blah. So for with many people, now you're chasing that elusive, you know, number to what in your mind is competitive. And when you're not hitting those numbers, it may discourage you, you know, after some period of time where you invested not a lot, I mean, in addition to a lot of money, but also time, if you're not hitting those numbers, it might discourage you from going to races. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're so, saying, Hey, if, if I can't run X time, why am I even going to go out there? Exactly. You know, and that's, uh, you know, a few people I've, uh, I've heard that be- said before is like, why should I go to these national events or out of state events? If I can't, if I don't even have a horse in the race, you know? Yeah. But you know, yeah. which, which I think kind of comes back to, you know, one thing that I've talked about with this is with um, these big prize money events where I, you know, obviously a lot of the, or all of the, the prize money is user generated where, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the guys that are signing up that that money goes towards the, 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 the first place award where, and to me, I've always said that this works right now because a lot of people feel that they have a chance to win mm-hmm. so whereas if if guys you know my example was if you had an open one eight scale off-road buggy race you're not going to get 300 entries um signing up to win the thirty thousand dollars or whatever the amount is because people know that you know say the Ryan Mayfield of the world, they know, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to beat him anyway. Right. So they're like, they're not going to bother putting their hundred dollars in because they already know the results a little beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little concerned that in the outlaw drag racing, that it gets to the point where there's 20 people that you're really afraid of, <laughs> you know, right. in, 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 in the, in the race and when you see that those 20 people are in there that you're like well why am i going to put my hundred dollars in i know on my um you know when i've been testing i can't make a you know a one six pass or or whatever you know whatever the winning number is so why am i going to go and do that i'm going to find something else that's either um, a funner race an easier race or something that i'm more competitive in and then you're going to have a hard time getting that $20,000 number because people are a little more, are like a little wiser to, to, to the effect. So I think, um, that's one thing I worry about is, will people start not attending the events because they feel like the hot shoes are signed up that money that I'm, that, that money I'm putting in is already really going to these 20 people. Uh, yeah. one of these 20 guys or racers and uh, and I think figuring that part out if it if it continues and the racers do continue to sign up I'm excited that they feel that they are competitive enough to win it and go for the the big prize but I feel like over time um, I feel like that's not gonna happen I feel like that'll be a deterrent of who's signed up and the hot people that are participating are the ones that are taking the money in the end. Uh, there is a, there's a lot of truth to that, but what's cool about drag racing though, is you need a, in addition to a fast car, you obviously need to be the driver to hit the, you know, you could red light just as easy have the fastest yeah. car and show up to a race in red light and you boom, you're on the trailer. So there's a lot of other, factors that have to line up for you to yeah. take a, take a race much like any other form of rc racing uh but that is an advantage yeah right and yep. so sometimes you do get lucky 
And, uh, you know, some guy hits a wall or crosses a line, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. The more you know that you actually have a horse in a race to at least compete with, I agree that, yeah, it makes it favorable to show up to an out-of-state race. But uh, always trying to bet on luck, yeah, then you could be, you know, by <laughs> <eight ball. laughs> you know. Um, yeah, you, you're uh, it's a, you know. you're very positive, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. But like I said, but yeah, the um, uh, it, like I said, it's it's a cool cool segment of RC racing. I I really think uh, that its popularity. You know, we always get more people asking about it here locally. You know, how do I get into it? What do I buy? Et cetera, et cetera. You know. Um, but I, I hope it's sustainable over a longer period of time. But again, as you said, with things getting more complicated, not only along with the car, but all the support equipment that you now need, um, you know, those things add up, you know, so a fine line. Yeah. And with drag racing, what's unique about drag racing, you know, as I said it before is the prep work and preparation is 90% before you actually show up to the race. So, and, and many, many people will argue that and go, well, it's all about the time and effort you put into it. And it's funny. I look back is I, when I used to go to off-road races here locally, uh, you could only practice when you actually show up at the track, you know, you, you knew if you had a horse in a race right then or not, you know, now, you know, you got to, you got to do a lot of the legwork prior to the B, even at, before you get to the race. Yeah. So, so um, it, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, you can do it. You can test more and more. But then on the other side of the coin is, is like some people don't have the time to put towards that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people that have families don't have the time it takes to do this or prep as much as a single guy just you know that has all the time in the world you know so yep you know ups and downs to it like anything (laughs) yeah i'm i'm still excited about it being in the in the business um and i hope that it continues to go and i hope we we have there's like we talked about i hope there's a little bit of room for keeping that scale aside and you know licensed bodies and stuff because that uh, I think helps the newbies and hopefully we can kind of continue to see it there. And, and, uh, you know, we've just had a lot of success in RC, uh, during the, the COVID situation. RC has really had a lot of success, uh, successful genres. So, um, hopefully we can continue to see it. And I gotta ask considering bodies, is there more stuff for the drag racers on the horizon from you guys or is it? We do. We do have more options. Um, I kind of laid out what our uh, list is the other day um, uh, or, you know, coming up and, you know, we have a, on the outlaw side, we have the revised uh, version of a firebird body that we're, we've been working on. So on the outlaw side, we have that. And then we have two or three others on what I would consider. You know, we did the the um, the Cobra Jet car. We did the Ford Mustang Co- Cobra Jet not long ago. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we got some others that are what I would consider like more realistic or real bodies. We got some more of those coming too. So I think we got, you know, I kind of hope that we get another two or three of those, um, okay. in, in this, uh, as a first half of the year, it'll probably be, it'll probably be, you know, late summer, I would say, uh, on some of these and, and then the firebird the firebird will be close so i mean we got plenty of stuff for drag racing we have an all uh, from the outlaw side of things we have a whole new front tire front wheel uh, nope. rear right. rear tire um, we have all that stuff already made and been testing so we have all of that uh, plus the the bodies like we talked about between the outlaw one and then working on the two or three others um, that are more look real car looking. Nice. You know, I always say, you know, no, I'm just going to focus on this car and, and leave it the way it is. And then another body comes out and next thing I know I got See? 10 different bodies that are still <laughs> mean to be painted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? And what what I kind of like about the RC monster truck side is that's what um, what people do is they build something around sort of a theme like they have this vision and they say I'm going to turn this chassis into so and so vehicle and then they get done it's a project they work on it they put it together they get it done it's what they wanted and then when that's done, it's like, okay, that one goes, no, that one's over here. Now what's my next one? And then, right. and then it's like, they come up with a new theme. They come up with a new thing and they start all over again. And sure you end up with 10, 11, 12 trucks or whatever, but <laughs> as long as they, you know, as long as they still have the opportunity, I guess, or the money to do it, they keep making them. But I like it because it's like a process. Um, you know, you, you come, you, you kind of envision what you want to build and you start building it. And when it's done, you get to see it. And then, um, you have this next one and you start working on it. So I, I kind of see like that where you could do that in drag racing also, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, now I'm building whatever the Falcon. Then the next one, I'm, I need the Camaro or the, I need uh, the Mustang right. or whatever. And, right. and I think that's, what's kind of neat about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, that, uh, with the whole drag racing appeal to me was, is when we started racing these cars in the beginning, we're like, oh, well, you're not going to trash it out as fast as you would say an off-road short course truck or anything. So the emphasis got to, you know, as I said, put detail in your car and yeah. actually got to enjoy racing it, you know? Yeah. But back then you didn't have a new body pop up every month or so. <laughs> so, you know, now yeah. you and, you're like, oh. Well, yeah, I always say when we get in, into racing and people say that you only have to, in when only you can only use one body to be fast, I think that's when it starts hurting the industry because right. – what you're doing is you're taking the imagination and the fun out of it. And it's the individualized side of it is not as cool anymore. Whereas when, when all these things start, uh, I mean, I remember when we started touring car, it was exactly, you know, touring car was like that. We would, we picked bodies. I remember I had like a, 
I mean, it's not a touring car, but I mean, I had an NSX. I remember Paul came out. He had like a, a BMW body and it's like, he's got the, the exhaust tips in the back, you know, uh, on the body. And we were, we were racing touring car. And then pretty soon I got a super body and, you know, then it's just like, then it gets, gets to the point where it's the body of the week. Um, and then, yeah. and then everyone's are like, Oh, you know, I, I can, you can only run this body and, and then that's uh, the one you have to run to be fast. And then they're all one color bodies and then they're lightweight bodies. And yeah. that's the, tr- that's the direction it always goes. And yeah. when you get to that point, I think it's not as, even though you're going faster, in my opinion, it's not as good for the business because you took all the personalization out of it. And it's not as much. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I totally agree because it's funny when we went to, when we competed in the first Kingdom of Streets event, you saw all kinds of bodies out there. You know, it, I remember it was like, what, 68 some odd people, and but many different bodies. By the time some all it took was some guy to crack off some ridiculous fast number in that Corvette body, mm-hmm. and by the second one, it, we joked about it. It's like, okay, who's got the coolest looking Corvette body? Because that's all you saw there. That, that was yeah. it. You know, you yeah. had maybe a handful of the other various bodies, but ninety-five percent of them were all Corvette bodies. <laughs> yep. You know, and and that's that you hit the nail on the head. It's just like you took the creativity out of it because in everybody's mind, the perception was, well, in order to run fast, I need this body. That's it. You know? Yeah. That is it. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, but like you said, it it is what it is. You know, I'm just, I'm good. I wish there was just both sides. I'm cool with it going unlimited and whatever and having to run something, but. I would like to preserve that one that still gives us that opportunity to be individualized and have some fun. So anyway, yeah. yep, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Mike Fuller says the best way, the best way to win in drag racing is to do an actual team that runs exactly the same products right down to the wheel nuts. Then you compare notes each run and dial in a setup and you'll make it to the final round. Doing it as a one-man show is not going to happen. Well, is that true or false? I mean, we're we're seeing that out there. To be honest, uh, we're seeing that a little bit. I mean, when I kind of arrived to the King of the Streets, there was the two, um, there was the GRFX guys uh, who kind of run a pretty close program with each other. They help, they tune, uh, they go up to the line with each other. Um, and then we had the uh, the R1 drivers. Uh, then we had uh, the five-star uh, tents. Uh, we had the associated tent. And there's, you know, there's there's others. But that was off the top of my head. Uh, and quickly it became sort of, you could see it was the GRFX guys. I think I'm saying that right. Five, seven designs guys uh-huh. versus the R1 guys racers i keep saying guys i always mean racers um because uh, samantha won the whole thing (laughs) so but um but you can see it kind of materializing uh, into a battle with these groups and they are uh you can see now and i mentioned kirby who's the other guy that raced oval i mentioned that the racing reminded me of the whippoorwill days 
um, of Oval. I don't know if Michael ever saw Oval or Whippoorwill, but how mm-hmm. um, how that racing went with teams and pit guys, where you'd have a guy that came to the line with you in in the in the old days of Whippoorwill, and and now in this. Uh, drag racing it seems like you need a person that's coming to the line with you they're kind of helping you double check things helping you with your tires or helping you watching you during the burnout they're either videoing it or they're they're making sure that your phone's running for your your onboard um, timing system Um, so there is a big Mm -hmm. team aspect to it now um where you kind of want that that partner that goes to the line with you and mm-hmm. is helping you. And as Mike Fuller is saying, uh, under these uh, certain pits, there is a group, four or five drivers that are sharing this info, uh, running similar things, and it's hard to beat that. I mentioned it. In fact, I mentioned it just yesterday or the day before uh, where I was telling it was an observation I had. And it pretty much, you know, echoed what you just said. In order to compete consistently at the top level, you're far better off to be part of a team rather than an individual because, you know, you you ping pong ideas off of each other and you go, okay, this didn't work on my car. Well, how about your car? And when you're starting to see, like, certain people be at the top all the time, or, or starting to be at, you know, major races, they're clearly part of a team. And uh, I couldn't agree more, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was fun. I, I'd like, you know, to kind of wrap up that event in general. I mean, I just, I had a great time there. I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to do more. And I like kind of participating and being able to go to the different pits and talk to the different racers and kind of seeing what they were doing um, and just trying to pick up on anything I can pick up on. Mm-hmm. Well, it was good seeing you there. Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, we went there as spectators this time because we had too much going on beforehand. And, or, and I don't know if you've been in Colorado for any extended period of time. This is the bipolar season. So you could have snow one day and... <laughs> 70 degree weather the next day oh that's what's going on here yeah. so it's yeah so so it's sometimes it's sketchy to test and tune your car before these that that particular big race and uh it, it helped with uh tyler and ashley pushing it back uh what almost a month compared to last last time they ran it uh but it's yeah. but like that for us it was we just had too much going on here uh, we'll try maybe next year again, but we'll see. You know, and we'll talk to Tyler. Maybe we can incorporate that uh, class that you guys have doing well in Colorado. And I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe there's some way to kind of branch that a little bit and have a, another fun one there. Yeah, the, I know there's. Uh, I've talked to a few race organizers that on the East Coast, and they're doing either a box stock class or again an index class. But you know, you have to have a timing tree for an index class and some or many clubs don't aren't at that level yet to obtain one so that becomes a challenge you know so uh but yeah i'm here locally we also add scale points to your race result at each race 
so it's a combination of not only your race, uh, how you come up with uh, during the race, but also how much scale points you get in addition to that. So it's a combination of both that gets you the final season, you know, standings at the end. So I like we it. Really, yeah, we really try to push that realism with that index class. So, and like I said, it's it's really people really have taken uh, uh, a liking to that, you know. So we hope well, it's continue. Well, let's talk soon, Michael. Thanks for right. coming on. Well, I appreciate you guys' time, and uh, you all have a good evening. Appreciate you. Thanks. Right. Take care, man. Okay. Thanks. Bye. All right. I'm awake now. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, actually, you had one more question there, Jason. Okay. Do, you, do you think you'll ever see Nitro Drag Racing make a comeback? Oh, man. Uh, there was, you know, I just went to the Gator Nats. The Gator Nats. R- I'm sorry, the RC Gator Nats, because there's a real Gator Nats for uh, in Gainesville. Um, and there was one guy that came out with a nitro. Uh, I think it was a top fuel nitro dra- RC drag race car. And I don't think so. I no? don't think that's going to work. No. Why won't it work? It's just a pain in the butt to get the car, to have them started and to get them to the line. And uh, just all the nitro stuff just to me doesn't really play well into the, the really kind of the, the pacing of the race. Like it just kind of paces out like, like what ended up happening is the guy started it in his so the guy started it in his pits uh he had to bring it through the pits bring it to the line and the way they run the nitros is essentially once that guy stages the light comes down so because they're afraid of the <laughs> the nitro cars flaming out and they have to restart them so it's like as soon as the guy stages you know yeah. brings the car up to the stage they run they basically start the tree and and then they and then the car ran and it like flamed out like halfway down the, the track and it just kind of coasted the, the last part. So I was like, I think it's, it doesn't sound like a real car. Um, I think that would be like, to me, like a bonus if it actually sounded a little more like a real drag car, then I think it might be a little cooler, but it sounds like an RC, you know, it sounds like a, kind of like a, a muted a muted eight scale buggy in a way it's like a little bit of a it's a softer sound uh, than like to me some of the other nitro cars i I, just, right. I don't think that's gonna work i think the electric ones are it's just so much easier i think you know i used to uh drag race really yeah well there you go atari dragster Atari Dragster, they had a time that you had to beat. It was in the instruction manual, and they said, uh, like, I think it, you know, it was like under five seconds. Or if you can get under five seconds, you're supposed to take a photo of that and then send it to Activision, and they were going to send you something. I forget what it was. So I did it. I beat the time. Uh, 
it was early in the day when I beat the times, like a Saturday morning. So I had to wait for my dad to come home. This is back in the day. You had to, just, you had to keep the console on the whole time because I was so excited. Yeah, I had to pause the game and let it on that screen and pray that nobody bumped it or anything. You know what I mean? So I actually got a photo of, you know, my time at B. I sent it in Activision and uh, I never heard back from him. Uh, but that's that's a true story. That's a true story. I left that thing on for I think over twelve hours. He gets home and you're just like, oh, finally, yeah, okay. It, yeah, I know. I was like, you know, because he had the camera. You know, you you know, it's not easy like today. But um, mm-hmm. I wanted to play. You know, I wanted to play the rest of my games and uh, I couldn't because I had to keep that dragster game on to prove. Uh, and Activision never sent me. You know what? I had to reach out to them. You know I like emailing I mean, companies. You're, you're good at you're good at emailing companies and kind of yeah. getting a resolution. So yeah. this might be your might be your opportunity. Yeah, I think I will. Activision, I'm going to email them about that. Say, hey, you know what? In 1987, they'll be like, guys, delete. I don't know when that game released. I think like '83 or '84. I got to check this out. But um, yeah, I used to love that game, Tari Dragster. Um. Oh, I, I, as you know, I reached out to eBay. They got back to me. By the way. Okay. They just uh said they would take my um suggestion and file it. <laughs> they file it. They well, file it. I didn't say that, but uh, they'll take uh, it into consideration. That's hmm. that's not a lie. Yeah, you basically your consideration was let me decide if I want it to be. Let me decide if I buy a pair of sneakers that I want it authenticated or not. Yeah. Because I'm buying okay. I'm buying a hundred and what hundred hundred and some dollar uh, Adidas Ultra Boost. Mm-hmm. Do I really? It's not a collector's item. Do I really need to have it sent off to an authenticator and take another two to three weeks? Just give me the option. Do I, do you want this authenticated or not? No. I think what it is is they're under. What's what's happening is I think that they were under the gun because it became a a reselling opportunity for right um, counterfeits. Okay. So yeah. so I'm sure that their idea is look, we don't want even the customer to be able to buy counterfeits from us. So yeah. we're going to authenticate everything. Which I agree with. I think it's cool. Um, it takes a while, though, to get your kicks. Yeah, I ordered some recently. You know, this was a couple weeks ago, and I got them a lot quicker than I thought I was. I, you know, I know you went through a couple weeks, but mine, mine went, mine were pretty quick. I went, I ordered them like before I went to Vegas. When I came back, they were already there. So, okay. No, maybe they're just like, ah, screw it. Let's just ship these out though. Um, close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Anyway. These are just Jordans anyway. Nah, garbage. Uh, Jackson Anderson, are are there any bodies in the works for the new RC8B4? Of course. Okay. That was easy. The nitro car doesn't really need one. The nitro car, you can use our same S15 body that we make already. Uh, Spencer already ran it at the PMB. He was running our S15 body. Uh, but we do need a new one for the e-buggy because the, the chassis platform is a lot narrower on that car. So we'll have to have another one. 
technically, Spencer also said you could run the Nitro side guards on the e-buggy and run a standard S15 body on that also. But he said he hasn't tried that yet. Uh, Jeff Storm saying, uh, oh, this goes back to our, um, they should, they should be naming kits after some of these, uh, pro drivers, uh, Rona edition. He, he says, take my money already. I agree. All the J concept parts in it, body tires. Well, tires, I guess you don't need to put in there cause you don't know what the reason. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going back through some of the older questions here. Quick, uh, Matt Adams is saying, uh, new associated stadium truck, the CFT 6.3. Hmm. What's that mean, Jason? Well, I think what he was he's alluding to is it would be cool if, when you were saying you wanted a, like a Fend edition or a Mayfield edition, but since Cole Tollard won the Nationals this year in stadium truck, uh, CFT oh, gotcha. means Cole, Cole Tollard. It actually stands for Cole Effing Tollard. Ah, I was gonna, say, um, I was jokingly so gonna say that, but uh, so it's so the Cole Effing Tollard um, six point three stadium truck, which I think would be a cool idea too. Yeah, let's just lose the the numbers and just go with additional names. Um. Oh, yeah, Brian Cross is filling my pain that the Activision never sent me anything. Um, it is a bummer, dude. I got to find out. I wonder if I could Google that and see what the time was. And uh, I, I know it'll it'll be up there. It's um, Google, right? What the time was and what you got? Because I can't remember. I think I think it might might have been an Activision dragster patch. That's what you're supposed to get. I don't know. I'm gonna look that up. Um, you might be able to just eBay, like you could eBay one of these patches and just get one today, and uh, and you can yeah. uh, you know, send the send the bill to Activision. Yeah. Um, Justin Doyle saying uh, X-rays system is the best. I'll just name it by years. Yeah, it's like a real car. Yeah, I like that. Puts a lot of pressure on you though, because now you have a you have to meet a time, right? Whereas you could come out with the B, whatever B six point four, whenever the hell you want. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. And if you have a year model, you have to make it in that year, otherwise you're screwed. So if you could have some, if you had some major delay, or it was like, you know caught on an ocean shipment or something like that or whatever <laughs> like all of a sudden you're like yeah that's what we used know. to say at trinity when we uh, didn't have a certain product like, oh it's it's on it's on the barge got hit by a rogue wave out near rogue. the fiji islands and uh we might have lost some product we won't know until the ship comes in though sir well at least somebody's ship is coming in <laughs> Uh, Jackson wants to know, is there any information on the eight scale worlds in September and how is that going to work? Uh, also any predictions on the top three finishers and wondering if live RC or some broadcasting of the race will be available. 
Uh, yeah, according to Worlds as a Go in September in Spain. And it's at a really cool looking track. I haven't been there, but mm-hmm. we sent Thomas there a few years ago to participate in the Euros with Ronafalk. Um, the the results uh, hard to predict. Uh, of course, I think the the European drivers in this situation would be a little bit out of an advantage because they've been to the track before several times. The layout traditionally isn't every any different. The layout's always the same. Although traditionally for the world, you have to change the layout uh, a certain percentage. But at this point, I would give the edge to the um, you know David Angaro, David Rona, uh, David Ronafalk, um, and several other um, Spanish drivers that are very good on that track. Juan Carlos Canas. Um, those guys are going to be super strong. Um, so, uh, the racers coming from the U S are going to have to work a little harder, uh, maybe attend the warm up, try to get up to speed, see if they can be, uh, competitive, uh, as I would expect them to be, but it takes, it's going to take some time to be there. And, uh, as far as I know, um, um, I think it's getting the, the events a go. Uh, I think the, the event's going to be broadcast by uh, RC Racing TV. It's not going to be live RC. Oh. From from what I understand, it's going to be RC Racing TV, uh, who they do a good job also. And I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a well it's going to be good viewership. I guess you would say. Uh, I think the viewership is going to be high for that. Yeah, but what's what's the time difference on that thing? Probably five or six hours to yeah, Spain. Yeah, it's going to screw us up. Going to be up all night trying to watch that. It's going to be like the Olympics. So we'll you never know when anything runs. And it's... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Here's the thing: uh, RCTV. Just keep keep the stream on twenty four seven. That way, you don't. There's no guesswork involved. You just. Even when there's nothing going on, just keep it on. I don't know why they don't do that. Um, hey, Jason, real quick question by me here. Uh, did, did you like my um, idea about uh, coming into the pit stops in the A scale and changing the tires out? When, what was this idea? You know, the guys are fueling, but what about changing the tires mid-race? Like you think you should have to? Um. Well, I guess you would probably have I don't know. I guess you would have to make it mandatory to keep it yeah, fair. Yeah, it would have to be mandatory. Yeah. I don't know. I'd yes. love to see Mayfield just do it to everybody once and just <laughs> then everybody would fall asleep. <laughs> I don't I don't know. You think it's possible? Can you have like a little JC wrench? He goes, Of course he could. Yeah. So why don't we do tire changes in go? On, a, on an hour-long main. Lots of times you don't have to. Uh, really? That's what's kind of interesting. Because it always seems like if it's an hour-long main, the guys are like, you know, oh, you know, my tire's held up. Seems yeah. like if you change it midway, 30-minute mark. Yeah, what, what I think is there are races and there are times where the tires get slower. But I think that it's almost been proven that they're over half – 
over at least half the time, they actually get better as you run. And a lot of these guys run their fastest laps towards the end of these races. Um, and I think going back to it depends on the track, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, g- going back to LCRC, when May- I remember Mayfield and Truggy or Buggy, <laughs> I mean, he ran one of his best laps with like a minute to go, I think. Um, of a 45 and then buggy was a 60 minute main, so, but there are, there are many races where the tires actually get better as you run. But that also depends on the track. Mm-hmm. So if you show up to a track, you know, I could just envision being like, Hey, we're going to have to do tire changes. The 30 minute mark, at least the, the class we did that in was actually gas truck. There was a time where you... Oh, there's Almond chiming in right on cue. 10-scale um, gas truck quick change. Yeah, we, we did it in gas truck. Wow, I didn't know that. And, okay, so I didn't come really up with some cool, innovative idea. And they do it in 8-scale on-road and several other on-road classes. Really? Uh, because they, they go through foams real quickly in 8-scale on-road. 8-scale on-road is like a space shuttle. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like four and a half minutes. You have to do a a fuel stop and then like, you know, whatever you have to do tires. Cause they're just mowing through those foam tires. And so they got quick change tires on eight scale on road and other foam tires. So how did they and change them quick? Do they have a, just an easy system? It's of- got a lever that you push. That's the same way they had the gas trucks, but the, the gotcha. scale guys figured that out in on road a long time ago, huh. but it's got this lever that you, that you just flip down and then tire pulls out. You slide a new one on and it snaps back on. It's actually super clever. Man, I would love uh, somebody to try that in off road. Well, we did it in gas truck. Uh, a scale off road though. I'd like to see him come in, fuel up, change tires. You know, you could see Adam Drake sitting there. Boom! It'd be awesome. You could, you could do it. Man, please somebody do it. I just want to see that happen. But you can't. But you have to make it mandatory, right? These dads in the pits. First, they gotta fuel the car, and then they're and then and then they're like, you know, they're all nervous because it's their son, and they're like flipping out, and like the tires are flying everywhere, and they're oh oh, where'd that tire go? Oh, it's under me over here. Hand me that tire. Maybe just make it for pros. And then you got like Adam Drake, who's just like just he does it. He does it so calm that it looks slow, and. so he's like fuel. He's like tire, tire, tire. I can see it now. Tire. Yep. And it's like go. And like you got these dads that are just like, oh my god, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> dropping you know, a tire. Just, yeah, rolling all over the place. And, can you imagine uh, uh, pitting for Mayfield when if you had to do that? I mean, Drake would be the only guy who could do it. But I mean, well, it's hard because I mean I've pitted for Mayfield and um, yeah, but he makes you nervous, I, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I'm somebody that wouldn't, I, I think if I had more experience, I could look a little more like Drake and Mike Truey and these guys, because that's a little bit like my personality is a little slower like that. Um, I, I understand these guys that are really high energy yeah. and they, they want to do it fast. But like, to me, I think I would be a little, like a little slower, but, um, or smooth, but. At, when you're doing it and you don't have a lot of experience, you don't want to let the guy down. That's the nervousness right. yeah. is you don't want to let the person down and you have a tendency to 
make mistakes. It's like when um, it's like if somebody's watching you do something and then you're worse at it. Um, and like, it's like if you're backing up a trailer with a truck and it's like something, you know, you got like three guys watching you do it and you're just like, there's no way I'm going to get this right with three people watching me because they're all like, <laughs> you got to turn this way. No, turn this way. You know, because everyone's an expert, right? That's yeah. watching. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you messed up. You got to straighten it back out, you know? Right. Whereas like, it's like, hey, just let me do it. I'll be fine. You know, I, I could, I'll do it. But if like, you know, when you're pitting, you don't, and you've got these either people watching, and most of all, you have the driver watching you. That's the, the toughest part because you just watch somebody like, you know, in Ryan's case, he might run like a, like a nine minute stint where he's just hauling ass, no mistakes, no bobbles, and he comes into the pits, and you're thinking, all right, all I got to do is put fuel in this thing and send it back out. But some reason <laughs> or another, like that seems harder than running the nine minutes without the crashes <laughs> at this point. Right. Wow. Uh, Almond saying, uh, doesn't Kyosho Stadium truck have a quick change on all four axles on our two-wheel drive stadium? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And I believe their RT5 did. I don't even know if they're still making that truck or selling that. Did they go to a six? But yeah, they did have quick change um, front and rear. Wow. It's all, I didn't even know this. Um. Yeah, almond mandatory tire change. Yeah, he's saying like this competition cautions. Hmm. Uh, Matt Adams is saying, "What's your thoughts on a thirty k purse off road race?" Uh, well, I mean, I think it's I. You know, we've been talking to the drivers about this quite a bit already. Uh, you know, Live RC and Brandon, they brought it up. Uh, to the drivers and to us, you know, somewhat recently, um, you, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to expect until you do it. You know, a lot of these races, you've, um, you've never been there before. You've never been to some of these locations. Um, so you don't have any experience in being there and knowing what the atmosphere is going to be like. And I think a lot of times that's what, um, you know, it, it's kind of fun is experiencing a different event or a different location, uh, because it's, uh, you know, you got a different atmosphere going on. And, and, uh, so I think we have to, to run it, to see how it's going to go, see how the payout works. Um, you know, I think there's some good things about this in terms of being at a large event such as uh, this mid America envisions event that they're, that they're having. I think there's going to be some good things about it and there's going to be some learning experiences for everybody. We, we never seem to have enough of those. Um, you know, they've done PMB for 15 years and people are still saying they want to change it. Right. Mm. So it's like, um, this is the first time. Um, and I think, I think people want to compare this right away to 
what somebody's something that's happening in drag RC drag racing with a payout, but this is a lot different because this money isn't this money is a lot that's coming from the promoter, not live RC. Although they're they have a a stake in this race in terms of putting it on, but there is somebody coming up with this money. It's not coming necessarily from the racers like drag racing. You know, if drag racing and you have 200 racers and everybody pays a hundred dollars, you got $20,000 purse. Um, in this, that's not how this is working. This is coming f- at least in, um, you know, to make a long story short, it's coming from say the promoter, the person that owns this property is putting up the money for the racers to win, uh, which is different, a lot different than the drag racing money. Uh, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I'm kind of split on what I think about the racing for cash money. Uh, and We've done it successfully. At this point, it seems like we've done it both ways. We've had races where um, we there is no money at stake for the winners, and they've been successful. And we've had races where they race for money and that have been successful. So the one thing's for sure is it doesn't seem to determine everything. It doesn't determine th- that the turnout of the race is dictated by racing for money or not. It still has to be a great track, a great race and have hype, I think is more important than necessarily the money um, side for the racers. I tend to think that um, these things happen more easily once or twice where somebody is willing to hand out prize money like this but it doesn't happen long term yeah. because um, it's one thing if you can have prize money from sponsors or prize money uh, comes from somewhere else but when somebody personally has to come up with twenty to thirty thousand dollars and this is spread out over multiple classes um, one guy is not getting thirty thousand uh, dollars it's it's spread out over Uh, positions and a couple classes and then you have to do some things perfectly in the race to achieve more money so there's the the number is there but to unlock i don't know if it's like a there's incentives game is that a video game term but to unlock um the top money some uh some stuff has to happen for that racer to unlock the most amount of money possible so right i i'm looking forward to to being somewhere different and trying it in front of um um, i guess some crowd of people which i think is the industry incentive of attending the industry incentive of attending is that there's being some tv thoughts thrown around that this is being filmed for television um and then there's a lot of spectators and people there racing other things that get some more eyes on RC, which is good. So that's the industry side of it. And then from a racer standpoint, they're like, oh, there's money on the line. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, 
I mean, we're all looking for in RC is we're looking for that moment that we can stand next to our guys with a big check that says $30,000 and we were part of the, the success, right? That's what, you know, as a industry or as a team, you, you kind of dream that that could happen one day that you're, that your Mayfield or your Dakota Fend or your Spencer Rivkin or Ty Tessman or whoever your guy is that you can, that they can win. They have this big check and you can get next to them and kind of, you know, Hey, this is our guy. Congrats. Great weekend. We won something and it was on television. <clears throat> we haven't had that yet. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that everybody is motivated in the industry to see if that can happen. But we haven't we haven't had it happen so up until that point we're all just spending money to try to get that <laughs> that moment i guess uh, brian cross is saying it's 150 dollars for a wristband which gets you access to all events on the property yeah that's true plus the mm-hmm. entry fee so it's 150 dollars to get in the park and then you sign up to oh. race, which is another another 50 for your class 200 um, and then if you rent two classes another 50 so 250 if you want to rent two classes and get in the park um, you know a little bit of sticker on that entry fee but there are some cool perks and amenities there's some concerts going on there's like a ACDC tribute band and then I've heard of like maybe um, uh, you know, some other things, uh, three doors down or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> somebody else, somebody else. Cool. Mm. Weezer. I heard Weezer. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if these are the real bands or their tribute bands. Probably I know, tribute bands. I know ACDC. It said, I thought it was the real ACDC at first. And then I was I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah, I'm like, that would be awesome. But then I saw when I went to the website, I was like, oh, it says tribute band. It's like, oh, well, that's so cool. Yeah. You yeah whatever. Know, you know. Get Jeff Storm to play like there. Real. Well, then, you know, hey, I'm sure he can do um, Thunderstruck and um, Hell's Bells and. Yeah. Um, um, Talks. Shook me all night long. Is that a name? Four or five songs? Is that pretty good? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Highway to Hell. I'm missing a famous one. Um, yeah, I guess we can... Uh, a lot of you like my mandatory tire change, tire change idea. Who did? Everybody. They didn't like it? No, they loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah, everybody loves it. You're going to have to email it in? Tire changes. Okay, so we can incorporate my race where you have to build all your stuff at the race and then do a tire change too. Yeah. This is like a, this is like our, our make-believe cloud in the sky. Yeah. uh, A type event. Make it happen. I want to see, I I just want to see that tire changes. Like you said, though, you'd have to look at the track, make sure it's for the, you know, oh, yeah, this track, we're going to have to do tire changes. Well, you know? it's like, like you said, I think it's more of a 
uh, an aspect and, to the race. And I don't know if you like make that. it mandatory though for like the pros to be like, Hey, well, is Dakota going to do tire change or not? You know, it's like, <laughs> how exciting would that be? Well, it's another thing to talk about. Like that PMB, they had the Joker lane and it's like, that's like all Scotty and Tyler hooks can talk about during the thing is the Joker lane because it's such a huge, I mean, it's a 10 second advantage yeah. to hitting the Joker lane. So it's like so uh, is that always at pmb the joker lane it hasn't always been that's something probably within i'd say maybe four or five years okay i, I thought it was awesome i love the joker lane to add another uh i know you don't like the joker lane but yeah which i think you make it but yeah but it adds it uh, doesn't it add another element a strategy uh, when i watched the- online it was all they talked about like it was really a nice conversation piece, but it doesn't add. Don't you think it adds another? What I don't element? like about it is I always look about look at it from the standpoint of the the best driver, and I think that it actually hurts. Um, it diminishes the value of your qualifying position. I think. Um, now, granted, you can say that the TQ1 Truggy, the TQ1 Pro Nitro Buggy, and then second qualifier one e-buggy. So you could say, well, there's still the top three qualifiers. But what I think is, is adds more chaos Chaos. to an an already difficult um, mindset. So, like, to me, if you're the TQ or anywhere in the top, you have to use your joker lane on the first lap. Otherwise, um, if you don't use it on the first lap, you go back in the pack and now you're dealing with, uh, traffic and it diminished your whole TQ value. So I almost think that if you're the TQ, you, and if you're feeling comfortable and you're driving clean, you take the first three joker laps right in a row. You just go all three right in a row and you get out clean and you try to just make that lead as big as you can. And then you, and then you run it because if you get, if you're in the pack at all in an 18 car field, say, say for instance, Mayfield was TQ and he didn't take the joker lap. Um, um, you know, I think, I think having that situation where you can be in the middle, say you TQ'd, but you went to ninth on the first lap. Yeah. I think that it, it kind of hurts you. Mm. And of course, but that all depends on the cars that are around you. So if you get in a pack of cars where um, you're getting tied up, you're fighting for position, you're losing time, right? It's just all about time. So you're losing time. But I think if you happen to be in a position where you're kind of by yourself on the track, then you're not getting hurt by not taking the joker early. So it's really a situational kind of thing that I don't really like, but I think people like it. I think drivers, drivers like the race um, and they like that element. To me, I would be just frustrated um yeah uh, about it but 
I get that. I mean, as a viewer, though, like Justin Jubert saying here, having Mason save two of his jokers until the end, but still on the hunt made it exciting. And it was. I was yeah. watching that. Yeah, so did I. And and I agree with him. I think it, it did definitely, it's like, but I kind of felt like, <clears throat> it's like, all right, so my. So your run. My. Well, what I'm like, thinking to myself is um, what I'm waiting for is for him when he cuts the, when he cuts the track t- two times at the end, is that a better time to do it than when Mayfield and Dakota cut the track two times towards the beginning of the race? <laughs> like to me, I'm just like, why didn't we just race like heads up the whole time without the the strategy of the thing, but I get it. It, you know, it, like you said, it was exciting. I was wondering when he made his two and yeah. he held off right to the end, which made it better. Um, from a viewer standpoint, he held off. How many uh, uh, jokers did you get? You got one per 10 minutes. So they got three in a 30, three in a 30 minute run. Oh, okay. And you didn't have to use them, right? No, okay. no, you didn't. Um, and then if you used one extra, it that lap didn't count. So that was the penalty if you did it um, when you weren't supposed to. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it made it exciting for people. They like it at the race. I think they like using it. But um, I don't know. I, I just I like it a little more traditional, I guess. But <clears throat> I, I see where it's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin me, Jubert what saying, I "What I wouldn't, what I wouldn't want to happen what? is if I'm in the race and I use, say I'm, say I happen to use the Joker line when another guy is using it, right? Right. And we hit going through the Joker line, Ugh. and instead of it being a 10 second bonus, 10 second advantage for me, it's only a five second advantage, but my competitor, when he chose to go through it, it was only a, it was a straight 10 seconds. And, and now I'm five seconds behind because I chose the wrong time to do it with somebody else. And we collided and had a problem, which I guess you could say that at any moment you can have an issue on the track that costs you time. I just kind of see it as like another chance for it not to go right. I know Dakota did the Joker lap. I think it was on the second lap of e-buggy. Was it e-buggy? He came through and then he hit the outside straightaway wall and his wing mount broke. Oh shit. So he ran he ran pretty much the whole e-buggy main with no wing. Wow. And he was fast. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that wing. Um Oh, May- Mayfield's like he was telling me when I talked to him, he's he said, I couldn't tell exactly what had happened to Dakota. He's like, but I caught him. And he's like, I'm kind of duking it out with him. And I'm thinking, oh, this is Dakota. I got to try to get a move on. He's going fast. And he's like, I got by him. And he's like, and then I'm like, wait a second. This guy's running with no wing. <laughs> he's like, why am I racing with this guy if he has no wing? Why am I racing with a wing on? Well, no, he's just thinking, like, this guy's fast without a wing. Right, like, right. I, need, I should be faster. I have a wing on. Like, yeah. He's, like, broken. So Wow. He, um, but, yeah, he didn't notice until they were that close on the track. But, <laughs> but yeah, Dakota went through. And he, 
he made a mistake. I guess he hit the outside of the pit lane or the wall. And I don't know. Something happened. He broke his wing off. Yeah. Uh, Jubert's saying, as someone who never used a Joker lane before, it was nerve wracking on when to use it. Good point. Yeah. I'm sure, it was other people in the same boat. Yeah, it's a great point that he makes. <laughs> on top of being nervous racing, they got to figure out when you want to use the uh, Joker lane. Yeah, and you know, as a driver, an RC driver, you're thinking about all these things while you're racing, and uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. I'm taking it first, especially if you're not like a, you know, very good driver. I'm going first. Well, if you're not a good driver, what does it matter? I guess. Um. <laughs> Still thirty seconds. Over yeah. 30, uh, thirty minutes. <laughs> Um, real quick, we'll wrap it up here. I got a few more. I got an interesting uh, comment here, and I don't know where it went. Oh, here it is. Uh, Jackson Anderson was saying, uh, if you did the tire change, couldn't you get away with a softer tire that could help with increased lap times also? No, not necessarily, because it's not cut and dry like that in RC like it might be in another... Um, in in another uh, form of racing because sometimes hard tires are fast in RC and softer tires are slower. So, and then, so it, there's a lot of like mix-ups with this in RC compared to like real racing. You can't just, uh, you know, I think the thought process on his end would be, well, I run a soft compound, the softest compound tire, so I'm faster, but I have to change them more often during the race but we don't normally really see that like if the track is wearing a soft tire a lot in rc then traditionally a harder tire is actually faster anyway so you don't really see the advantage of this extra soft tire in a condition where it wears it out prematurely it's kind of complicated but Hmm. um anyway uh jackson also said i was able to jump uh concerning the joker lane i was able to jump six spots in my nitro main taking it to pass the pack that was racing it out there you go joker lane yeah uh juber's saying uh he used his uh joker uh lane um early and he went uh from 14th to second for a lap I actually saw that. I, I did too. I was like, I think I commented in the chat. I'm like, holy shit, Jubert's in second. Well, but I was, what I was confused at <laughs> is I want to say that it on live RC, it doesn't show when you use the Joker lap. No. It doesn't show that. I don't as think your it fastest did. Lap. It doesn't show it as your fastest lap. Right. So I was what? like, how is, I was like, how is Justin in second in his fastest <laughs> lap? is a minute and four seconds oh gotcha yeah i was like his fastest lap's a minute four but he's in second i'm like he must have got a hell of a start compared to everybody else <laughs> and then i'm like oh he must have used his joker that right. kind of figured it out yeah yeah how many times were you able to just three times you said oh in a 30 minute so once per 10 minutes right okay uh yeah um could, what's that i was seeing if you could see uh jazzy sleeping over here oh. on the 
on the couch, but she got up there by herself, I guess, and oh, went to well. sleep. It's really strange. Oh, Jazzy's bored. Yeah. Um. I'll just scan through here quick and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Almond saying, honestly, I've been watching Gene... Gene's old RC racing videos, 91, 92 this week on my tablet after saving them, and I don't get tired of watching them. And the RC 10 pole crossing contest in 92. You know what that was? Mm -hmm. What was yeah. that about? We were at this race, the Roar Nationals in 92, was at Norms in Texas. And, uh, you know, uh, Cliff was uh, just kind of clever and would come up with kind of like little bets or little things that maybe he could do with the RC car that um, that other people didn't think could happen, I guess. So he made some paddle, like they took tires and maybe even Mark and Brian, I would say Mark Pavitas and Brian Kinwald probably either made the tires or helped cliff make mm. them but they made like little paddles on his uh, yokomo tires and he was like i think i can go across the pool i think this was an rc car action thing. and cliff went across the pool yep. with the car with the paddle tires wow and um, <laughs> and it worked so they were like they're all super pumped because it worked really well and <laughs> So it was pretty neat to see. They also did a, we, um, I didn't participate in the bike. Uh, there was like a, it's almost like an indoor skate park or it must've been a skate park. Probably wasn't for bikes. It was probably like a skate park next door. And the guys brought their cars in there and were going like up the, the skate ramps and down. I think that's on that same video. And that was really neat too. Um, it's neat to hear Brian's voice in those videos. That's what's kind of cool about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to save that question or comment for the very last. Don't go too involved in this, but uh, would it even be possible to do a double compound, Jason? Uh, like have Ellipse Treads be gold compound, and when it wears to slicks, it's a silver compound. Wow. All right. Uh, that's a whole nother show. Um, it'd be great for tracks that start off on treads and end the weekend on slicks. Just a thought. So, wow. A silver under the gold I, I don't uh, think that you could do it quite the way. What a great idea, though. Let's try it. <laughs> well, you can do it exactly the way he's proposing. You, you can't, um, you say? Not the way he's proposing. As, as the gold wears been. down, all of a sudden it turns silver? Yeah, I don't... We should try it, dude. Don't let anybody know, but we should try it. <laughs> you know, that's a little over my head, to be honest. Man, that um, is crazy. There might technical 
I love it side of it. But yeah, that's been something that a lot of people have asked for throughout the years because really, uh, yeah, because everyone has that that feeling of what they don't have on is the right thing. So like, <laughs> just for instance, like yeah. people might like say, people might say, well, I went out on silvers, but I wish I had gone out on golds. Right. right. Like that's yeah. something you would say at a race. And so what's better than combining the two, right? Like that's what yeah. people, you know, like people say that, right. As like in, in their mind, they're like, well, if I could just have both, at the same time, that would be, then I wouldn't have to decide if I could just have both. And, but, uh, sometimes you got to choose, but I guess that wouldn't work though, because, well, um, the way that these items are made, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I've heard of it being done, not as he's proposing, but maybe half and half, um, one half the tires this, one half the tires that. I've heard of this, um, you know, being done. But what it all comes at a cost, right? So the more difficult you make all this, it all costs more, and then the more it costs, the worse it is for the for the business. So there's, we're not in a position where everybody's given unlimited money to race with an unlimited expense. You know, this isn't like a, something where somebody else is paying the bills and there, you don't have to sell anything to make up for it. You know, there are certain things in either racing or certain things where you have a somewhat unlimited budget and, um, you're not racing what you have to sell. We have to race what we sell. That's the whole idea is we're either racing what we sell to, um, to try to sell it, or we're making something that wins or does well to try to sell. That's how you stay in business. We're not just granted a huge amount of money or sponsored. Uh, the company's not sponsored to just make things at all costs, you know, whatever it costs. Uh, so that's where this is different than a lot of, than other things where, um, we have to make things to sell. And the more complexity we add to all these things, the cost goes up. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately whoever is paying for it, uh, they see that extra cost. So, I understand what he or what anybody is wishing for from a racing and a competitive standpoint, but over time, um, it can take its toll. Is what we just we talked about with Michael Hahn and the drag racing part. Hmm. Yeah, I just I'm kind of confused on that because. You go to a track, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, we got to run silvers, right? Why? I don't know. Why would you want to run golds then later? Well, sometimes the track <clears throat> the changes, track changes, changes mid- over time. 
during the race? Is that what you? Well, it depends how long the race is. Yeah, so this would be something for like eight scale, an hour long main. Yeah. Eh, let's just do tire changes. What he's kind of <laughs> what he's kind of talking about is sometimes when you start on a certain track condition, it's nice to have uh, silvers because the track is just to say, for instance, it's nicer to have silvers when a track is freshly built or right. new. Um, or by the and by the time that the track gets broken in and your tires wear down, you're on a different compound, but the track now is accepting that compound better because it's broken in. So you're, it's, I understand what he's saying. It's just kind of, um, man, my brain's fried on this one. I like to, I understand what you're saying now. I thought you meant as the race is going on. I understand this to me. I understand this better than the, than machine gun Kelly and Megan Fox or, Or like yeah. you know what's what's the other or the Kardashian and the other guys yeah. the, like Kanye. I understand these uh, tire questions and dilemmas much better than I understand those things. I but we you. try to decipher all that stuff though in the chat. Oh yeah, we can break it down. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. If we're getting a lot. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh yeah, Brian Cross is saying Pete with Kardashian. Um, uh, Jackson's saying she can do way better. Kardashian can do way better. I, I agree. But that's not for us to decide. Uh, Jackson's also, uh, not only did I fry my brain thinking about those tires, uh, so did Jackson. It was a tough one. Um, he also says, uh, I look. I, I was also looking at it in the view of a racer using the same set of tires throughout the weekend. Okay. Yeah. Um, someone back. Uh, Almond saying, remember to pat yourself on the back if you've never seen a Kardashian episode. Oh. I never have. It's a shame. Never a- seen it. I have seen uh, one of her videos, though. I saw one episode. That was about it. So. Uh, what what video are you show. talking about, Jason? I didn't, I didn't see the show, but I saw a video. Oh, because there's a. I don't remember which one. I, I think there's a. Yeah, I think there's a sex tape that just dropped. I was thought maybe that's what really? you were talking about. Yeah, something's going on there with the Kardashians. Okay. Um. Okay. Well. Almost done here. Yeah, we're done. I think so. I'm going through. Uh, we got a question there, and I wanted to explain something. But man, you could be here another hour. I think with this one. <laughs> uh, well, Corey Jordan wanted to know: uh, Can you explain the eight scale tire for the bugging truggy and when you would use them over the reflex tire? Can you wrap that up in thirty maybe seconds maybe, or less? Maybe the maybe the new tire. Oh yeah. Uh, when you're on Corey's show, you could talk about that. I think, you know, honestly, that tire is really experimental for us. We kind of thought that we had a lot of different options already. So we took a couple, um, 
shots at a few things that were different and we're actually learning about it ourselves. I mean, I honestly, I, I was really unsure how well it was going to work in general. I had a, you know, when we worked on this, I didn't do the CAD on this, but I, it was the concept that I wanted to use with the way the pins in the diamond shape. Um, and I didn't know how well it was going to work at all. I thought it was kind of a, and there's a lot more going on than just the look, um, which people see the look and they, but there's a lot more kind of going on. But anyway, the 30 seconds is surprising. It's been surprising because we've run it on Lomi track oh. at Nitro Challenge. Right. And then they just won the nationals on a hard, uh, rocky, blue groove, bumpy, Jeez. brutal track. And so we've ran the tire in two different conditions. And it's been surprising both times. We didn't use it at PMB. We've kind of put it away until we have some. Um, you know, some more tracks we can try it at, but you know, we got yeah. the two races we wanted nitro challenge and the roar Nats. And, um, but, uh, but it's been surprising. We don't have a complete, uh, list or idea of where it's better and better at than say reflexes right now. It's just, it's a little experimental, but it surprised us on two different surfaces already. So that's all I can say right now. Okay, and Almond saying lightning lightning round Q and A, and he only sent me two, so here we go. Jason, pizza or hamburgers? Hamburger. Pizza. And stadium truck or ten scale touring car? Oh, please. Oh wow. Stadium truck. Uh, how long do I get to answer? You're struggling What's, on that. I don't know how much longer you want this show to go on. We're hitting three hours. <laughs> I'm going to go with my my vintage and original love, which was Stadium Truck. Yeah. Was where go. I started. I loved Stadium Truck when I started. And uh, I loved the RC10T and the JRXT and the LXT today. But hmm. today. But for the most part, stadium truck today really sucks. Oh. I almost say that I like touring car better today. Than How does that class truck. suck? Stadium truck's awesome. It just doesn't work very good anymore. Why not? <laughs> What's I, the I, difference? That's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother. You know what? 13.5 on carpet stadium truck is really cool. Uh, <laughs> Which just seems like a little... Yeah. A little um, a little too new millennium, but yeah. <laughs> I think that stadium truck with a 13, five motor on carpet. I love watching those guys run those, but on dirt, um, they don't, they don't look very good at all. Well, when back when I used to, when we ran RC 10 T's and the, man, they were amazing. Yeah. Um, they were, they were great, but they're just not like that anymore. It, the surface has to be right for them to be good. And I almost really think I would like touring car better, but I'm going overall, I'm going with my original favorite, which was stadium truck when I started. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap that up. Uh, Justin Doyle made a comment earlier. I think it was him that said, uh, 
you know, hey, what's up? No JC shirt or rip shirt. Got to review my contract. Well, I'm paying tribute to Scott Hall, who recently passed away. One of my favorite wrestlers. Tough times uh, don't last. No, bad times don't last. How does it bad go? times don't last, but bad guys do. There you go. And we'll wrap it up on that one. 96 Nats. Almond says he got it in. Roll the credits. Thanks for joining nice us. Picture. That was a nice picture from 96 Nats on my saved on my favorites on my phone, by the way. Really? But I don't have the one I really wish I had. Gene sent me a great photo of me getting my second place trophy with the trophy girl that was very, at least I thought at the time, very good looking. Yeah. Nine- very good. Right. looking i think i not to extend the show any further but i thought i had the photo of the trophy girl here oh come on <laughs> jason's like we got time um is this it yeah this might be the photo uh, oh. oh i'm blocking the trophy girl hold on now one second oh, your chair yeah, my chair's too big. Um, how do I bring that up on the... The YouTubes? I'll just move. Which way do I got to move? I never know. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's her. There she is. Right there. Right there. The quintessential... The quintessential brunette. Yeah. She she was for that time. Yeah. Pretty damn I, I hot. Thought it was, yeah, I thought she was a, a very good looking girl for that. I had a great picture too. Me Jean sent it to me. <clears throat> and I wish I still had that one. I don't know why I don't have that one. Yeah, you could have sent it to me. I could have put it up there. I know. What are you thinking, bro? Would have been fantastic. Um, yeah. There it is. I'm still trying to work to, to get Chris Bing on the show. Our schedule's just not matching up. Um, well, when you when you take two months off. Yeah. Well, hey, you've been traveling for two months. Man, this is the first time you've been home for like two months. I mean, like a rock star out there. Every week he's gone. So... Um, okay. Thanks for joining us. That was, uh, man, we hit three hours. Hope we don't get any complaints about that. Like we used to in the past. I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. Three hours. Yeah. Just pause it. Fast forward. Um, no, no dinner tonight, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. I gotta stop reading the comments. And, uh, Jamie Lowe's asking, uh, hey, Larry, did you get my elephant ears? No, I did not. Forgot all about it. You know what that is, Jason? No. It's fried dough. Anyway, awesome stuff. (laughs) All right. That was episode 238. Don't forget to go visit Jay Concepts over at jayconcepts.net. Show them some love. We did launch a new website, too. What? 
Mm-hmm. Ah, no, and now I have to go check this out. Why don't you tell me that, Jason? Oh, is this the one that you you're? T- so this is like very mobile friendly. Mm, well, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'll check that out. Uh, I don't like the. Nah, I don't want that. Chrome tab, J concepts, share. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just scroll through this quick. This is it. Yep. Okay. What's different? Uh, oh, yeah. I see. It's uh. Yeah, the whole thing's different. Yeah. Wow. Okay. J concepts vlog. Got everything up here. Where's mm-hmm. the now hiring section? Yeah, where is that? Yeah, I like the layout. All right, that works. Right, go check that out, everyone. Jconcepts.net. Go over there and crash the site. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, all right. We'll catch you on for the next one. Everybody have a happy Easter. That's right. All right, Sunday. You're going to be out in the boat on Sunday, Jason? You know what? Now that you mention it, See? not my boat. Not <laughs> my boat, but my sister and my brother-in-law. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Their boat. You usually do that in the holidays, right? There you go. Yeah, you know you know him better than I do. Yeah. Jason's like, how long are we uh, going out again? Yeah. <laughs> That's my first question. You want to go on the boat? Well, how long? Well, then you don't need to be on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait over here with Jazzy. I'll check live RC or... <laughs> There's no big races this weekend, is there? I'll put something up. Yeah. You know what? There actually is... Uh, I was supposed to go to Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend. Um, I canceled my trip. I'm a little bit sad. Oh. It was a monster truck. But, uh, yeah, it was It was uh, TNT's Unfinished Business. Oh, wow. That sounds like a, very- a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, long story short, uh, my favorite three years in monster trucks was 88, 89, and 90. And they had a TNT monster truck series. And this was going to be sort of like a reunion. Or it is a reunion. And a lot of the old school guys out there. Um, the the champion, I would assume the champion from the 88 season. Mm-hmm. The 89 season would be, would be there. The trucks. Um and uh, the champion in 90 was Bigfoot, but I don't think Bigfoot was going to be there. They couldn't get the truck there for some reason, which is yeah. kind of a super bummer. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I missed. I was supposed to fly out this morning to go there, but I canceled my trip because it looks like 75 to 80% chance of rain there tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to fly there and hang out for rain. No Bigfoot. Plus rain. Yeah. Yeah. Did the podcast instead. Oh, well, thank you very much. And no dinner. And no dinner. Well, we get it now. 9.30 at night. 10 o'clock. Oh, my God. What do you order at 10? All right, I'm out of here. What's, what do you order at 10? I don't know. I mean, what's Go to, open at 10 that we can order? Sheets. I don't have that. <laughs> you got to have something similar to sheets down in Florida. Walmart. Oh, God. Don't go to Walmart at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) 
All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Uh, good luck racing. Right, Happy I, Easter. I, I, uh, what's I up? Jason don't want to end episode. the show. What's that? I, mean, I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was cool that Michael called in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we got to get some other. We'll try to get some more um, guys to do it in the future. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I had the link out there, so you guys look out for that. Anytime we go live, if there's a link, you can just join us, and uh, like Michael Hahn did. And, uh, you know, you guys went off on drag racing. I mean, what are you going to say? Good. Brought back memories for me of Atari Dragster, so that was good, I guess. Put the drag racing in the title. We'll get some more drag racing listeners, and pretty soon we'll be, like, you know, as popular as Tim Smith. Oh, okay. Well, let's think about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and look up that dragster stuff and let you know in the chat, Jason. <laughs> I'm very interested to see what they're going to give you. I got to find out on yeah. Google. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's my, it's going to be that uh, decoder thing that says, make sure you drink, drink your old team. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, that's me and drag racing Atari. So, all right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Jason, somebody's coming after Jason out there, so he's got to go. <laughs> See ya. All right, guys, later. Bye.